0: guys and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror i'm michael and today i am joined by my brothers to the north once again brooke and mark from a podcast on elm street how the fuck are you guys today doing well doing well Um, how are you i am great how are you mark i think you lagged there for a second
1: no brooke just got in there before i did (laughs) uh i'm good i'm good this is uh turning into half of my podcast as well so far or i mean lately
0: i know <laughs> i know i was just talking to josh about that i was like holy fuck i have him on again today <laughs> he's like yeah don't, the, don't those fucking elm street cunts ever go away and i'm like nope
2: <laughs> well i do mark mark is on all the time I don't need, you know
0: <laughs> hey you're gonna be on a, you're gonna be on very very soon there brooke don't you worry about it. I know, I know. Um, But yeah, I'm really happy to have you guys on today. And we were just talking about before I started recording that this is a very special episode because it is the final episode of season one of the We Love Horror podcast, which holy shit, I can't even freaking believe it. It's been almost a year and a half since I started this podcast now. And it's just crazy how far it's come so just real excited that you guys got to be on the last episode and the first episode because you guys will be back on in july so
1: yep. oh, <laughs> yeah oh so season two
0: i know cue the party track <laughs> exactly um but yeah so thank you guys for wanting to come on this final episode of season one i really appreciate you guys love the love and adore the hell out of you guys thank you're you welcome, man. you're
1: welcome thanks for having us
0: of course. Um, so before we start, do you guys want to uh, plug in your podcast? Tell the listeners where they can uh, listen to you?
1: Sure. So we are a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. One half of it. The uh, the better half of it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're a weekly horror movie podcast. We Every week we just discuss a different horror movie. Um, You can find us on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcasts, all that other stuff, whatever, wherever you listen to a podcast. Um, If you go on Instagram, you will see us there as well. And we have a link in our bio for merch, uh, discord app, Patreon, all that fun stuff. So uh, feel free to check
0: us out. Very nice. Good job, Mark on that plugin. Thank you. You're welcome. Always does a good job. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Have you guys been watching anything good, uh, doing anything fun?
1: Working like a dog.
0: Yeah, you were just telling me that that you have uh, that you uh, got mandatory like 48 hours a week now.
1: Yeah, my boss decided to tell us on Thursday night that starting this week, uh, she wanted us on 48 and she gave us like. day and a half notice so we had to figure out how we were going to work an extra eight hours in that day and a half so it's been fun and uh yeah moving forward it'll be a bit easier to manage because we'll have more days to kind of cover the eight hours but yeah these last couple days like i'm fucking exhausted today man but uh yeah
0: did you fall asleep while you were taking notes today? Because you said I'm trying to keep my eyes open, and then he didn't answer me for like two hours, and I was like, he probably fell asleep.
1: <laughs> I fell. I fell asleep. Thought so.
0: <laughs> Always falling asleep. I know this. Fu- a- this fucking guy
1: had a little nappy poo.
0: <laughs> well, are you feeling better and refreshed for the day?
1: Mm, Refresh? No, a little bit better though.
0: That's good. <laughs> I mean, at least you're a little bit better. Yeah. At least you can get through the podcast and then you can pass out afterward. So. That, that is correct. Um, have you guys been watching anything? Or what have you been up to, Brooke? What have you been up to?
2: Uh, like with Mark, work, work has been crazy busy. It's just that time of year. Um, but uh, I haven't watched that much. Um, I did watch this documentary on Netflix called Seaspiracy. Oh, I want to
1: watch that. What's
2: that and about? It's basically this guy is like, investigating into like the ocean stuff and like how much like fishery fishing like commercial fishing is impacting like whales and like dolphins and like how basically the sea is like really important to humanity and just him diving into like the commercial fishing industry and it's a hard watch it, it doesn't hold back showing you know animals getting killed and stuff um but it does open your eyes as to yeah. The amount of uh bad shit that happens behind the scenes, like governments can't even they're not even doing anything to stop it.
0: Wow. That sounds really that sounds really cool. I want to listen to it is cool.
2: That. It, it's hard to watch, but it is uh it is
0: cool though. Very nice. Anything else, Brooke? What's that?
2: Um, I did watch Army of the Dead on Netflix.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, how was that?
2: Um, it was okay. It was like for what it was, it was good um it wasn't like amazing but it had good effects and uh just like a fun movie to sit back and watch you know
0: yeah yeah
1: i i heard it's like incredibly
2: too long though (laughs) it's not justice league like (laughs) zach long, um but it isn't like that long i didn't i didn't think
0: yeah yeah i heard i heard that some things could have been trimmed down oh definitely yeah. yeah yeah um but uh
2: Yeah, that's about
0: it. What about you, Mark?
1: Uh, I finished Psycho Goreman earlier in the week. Uh, I talked about it on our podcast that we just did with you, Michael. And uh, I watched Near Dark the other night. That was a first time watch for me. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. It was all right. I mean, I'm not a big like vampire kind of person, but it was on. I think it was. I think I yeah, it was on Amazon Prime and I just like threw it on just because I never watched it before. So
0: very nice. Very nice.
1: That's pretty much it, though.
0: And I guess you guys have watched the movie that we're discussing today, too.
1: No, I totally spaced on that. I forgot to watch it. <laughs> of
0: course you did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for me, I've, I've been holding back on this all day because uh, you know me, Mark. I'm not good at holding back things. Like I like to spoil things. Like I will tell you one day, okay, I've got something I need to tell you, but I'm going to wait until it, you know, until <laughs> the time is, and then the next day I'm just like, okay, Mark, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> so um, I went and watched A Quiet Place 2 today. Oh, jealous. I know. Um, and I don't want to get into spoilers. So I'm not, cause you guys have not seen it. Probably most of the people that are listening to the podcast probably haven't seen it either. Um, but I love it. I loved it. I think I loved it better than the first one.
1: Really? Really?
0: I don't want to set anybody's standards too high because I know the first one was amazing and I love the first one, but I really, really love the second one just for the simple fact that it really expands on a lot of the characters in the first one. Like without giving too much away, you get more of a storyline with the two kids, um, And then you get more characters that come in because they explore the worlds outside of the, the house that they were living in in the first movie. So mm-hmm. I really like that aspect. I really like that you get more of a a, a backstory of how this happened, like when it happened. Um, and then, yeah, I, I really, really, really liked it. So I encourage nice. you guys to go see it if you guys can. If you can't, obviously, I don't know what the situation is like in Canada. I haven't talked to you guys about it in the last like week or so but here it's like really weird because uh, we're getting back to normal I feel like because nobody was wearing a mask at the movie theater which was like
1: Hmm. whoa
0: I know it's so weird weird because it's like you get so used to (laughs) being masked up everywhere you go for the last year and a half that like now that became the new norm so now it's like seeing people walking around with no masks again it's like what the hell? <laughs> it's so weird, but it's, it's really kind of cool at the same time. Cause it's like, I feel like we're actually getting back to normal, but I don't know how it is with you guys in Canada. Is it any better there?
1: Uh, it's not, not really.
2: <laughs> like we're just starting to get uh, more people vaccinated, like their first shot. So there's mm-hmm. a few things that are opening up, but not entirely. And uh, I, I missed it the first quiet place in the theaters. And that was a movie I really wanted to watch in theaters, which I didn't get to see in theaters. So I'm hoping to wait and see this one in theaters. Cause I want to get that experience that I missed from the first mm-hmm. one.
0: Oh, that's a bummer that you didn't watch the first one in theaters because that was a fucking amazing experience. Did you see it in theaters, Mark?
1: no I didn't
0: either Neither one of you oh
1: no yeah
0: you guys yeah. are missing out because that movie I was, know oh if there's one movie I could recommend seeing in the theater it was that one because that one was fucking intense and the yeah second, and the second one was just as intense too so uh, it's such an experience because like the sound design that they have with that movie it's mm-hmm. just there's something about it to watching it in a theater um I don't know how to explain it but yeah I really really enjoyed the second one like I said probably more so than the first one actually um what else have I watched? Um, the film that we're talking about today, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm gonna basically say the same thing you guys have. I haven't really haven't watched anything else other than that because I've just been going, going, going this week. Uh, work hasn't been as crazy for me, but like just moving and shit. I finally got mm-hmm. all of my stuff moved into the house finally. So now nice. that's done. Now I just got to unpack it all because my room is a fucking mess right now. <laughs> I'm literally sitting. I'm literally surrounded by a bunch of like boxes and shit like that. Like I've got like one little space right here where my desk is at, and that's about it. Other than that, <laughs> I've got.
1: You're sitting on a cardboard box.
0: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from that, I haven't really been watching anything. But I was really, really excited to talk about a quiet place to you today because I was like, ooh. I wanted to tell you guys so bad beforehand, but I was like, no, I'm going to save it. I'm save it. <laughs> so
1: I'm jealous um, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's been really good. Um, but before we get into the We Love Horror 3 question lightning round, I also just want to quickly talk about because um, I kind of briefly talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah, this is going to be the final episode for season one. I'm just incredibly grateful for all of the support, all the people that I've met this past year and a half, like you and Brooke, Mark, like all of you guys, specifically you and Brooke, because you guys are my first supporters of this podcast. So it's fitting that you guys are on this episode and that you guys will be opening up season two with me as well. So I kind of planned it that way because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I kind of gave back to you a little bit. This is kind of my way of giving back to you and saying, thank you for giving me so much love and support and i'm gonna try not to be emotional or mushy gushy but it's just like i think about where i was a year and a half ago to where i am now and it's just like holy shit (laughs) it's it's crazy to imagine it
1: yeah you've come a long way you like you went from having a podcast partner to not and having to figure out how you're gonna fucking do it on your own and i don't know i think you're killing it you're doing a good job
2: Yeah. And like uh, you didn't start up too long after us. So it's, it's really cool to see all of our progression together. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's really why um, that and and you and I have talked about it a couple of times, Mark. I think we've both talked about how, you know, the pandemic has been awful on everybody, but I think it also Mm -hmm. brought us together in a way that it wouldn't have if there wouldn't have been a pandemic and people wouldn't have had to like resort to, Getting closer over social media and over like mm-hmm. Zoom and stuff like that, um, this past year has really forced—not forced us, but like brought us together even closer because of that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just like I'm really grateful for you guys. So I'm gonna stop before I get emotional it's just a, <laughs> it's just it's I'm really happy. Like I, I'm just really over the moon, and I I really wanted to say thank you guys for that and thank you for your love and support because there have been so many times when you know when Roman left the podcast i thought about giving up and quitting because i didn't know where what to do you know without him there because i was like oh fuck like i don't know if anyone wants to listen to just me talk and so i had to figure out a way to to make it work and you know you guys encouraged me every step of the way and i have to say thank you so fucking much for that so thank you guys you're welcome man you're welcome and i love you guys to death
1: (laughs) ditto
2: (laughs) love you too
0: um but uh with that being said we will get into the we love horror three question lightning round so who wants to go first between you and mark Brooke? uh mark can go first
1: (laughs) all right uh michael i was telling you before i hopped on here i i've been on it so much recently that i've i've been struggling to come up with questions because i don't want to repeat myself on every episode but i don't think i am with this one i don't think i've repeated these all right so question number one have you ever been a part of a seance or an ouija board session and did anything happen if you have
0: hmm i wouldn't say like i wouldn't say it was like a serious seance i would say it was just like we were just messing around like just fucking around um but it was when we were uh one time me and my friends went to like the cemetery in the middle of the night and we were just like hanging out and we were using that like cheesy little uh i don't know if you guys remember that app that came out like 10 years ago it was like that ghost radar app yeah i remember something like like that. that yeah Yeah, it was like a ghost radar app where it was like one of those like little blip things and every Mm -hmm. time something would pop up that was a a basically supposed to be a ghost or something within that vicinity and then like random words would pop up as if the ghost was trying to communicate to you (laughs) um it sounds really cheesy but there were times when it actually like did seem to work in like the weirdest Mm -hmm. way because we used it when we went to the stanley hotel for my birthday and some Mm -hmm. weird weird shit fucking happened at that place um but we were at the cemetery and we were just hanging out and we were using the ghost radar app. And, um, at one point there were like a whole bunch of them just surrounding us at one point. It was kind of creepy. We were like, hmm. "Look!" and like that all these, creepy. I know. And then all these like weird words were popping up, like, um, grave and buried and all this weird. And we're like, this is weird. Cause we're in a cemetery right now. So that's, uh, but I mean, we didn't see or hear anything. It was just kind of like f- stupid fun but as long
1: as you didn't see like die or kill or
0: anything (laughs) like that (laughs) or get out or get out (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah nothing nothing super serious i would never fuck with the ouija board though that's that's drawing the line i don't Mm -hmm. i don't i don't fuck Mm -hmm. with that so as far as a seance goes i think if it was done safely i think i would do it but Mm -hmm. i don't know kind of yeah. scary to test the waters and that so
1: <laughs> I'd I'd be doing it in someone else's house not my own.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know, like, you yeah. want to bring evil into the house, bring it into yours, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> what about um, you, Brooke? Yeah, we
2: uh we had a Ouija board as uh teenagers and we did use it and like obviously I don't know like everything that's come up with a Ouija board like it's you moving it yourself. But uh we did come up with like this like story about like this little boy that was like haunting our house that died in like a fire or something like stupid like that (laughs) and you know at the time we totally believed it and stuff like that but uh
0: Yeah. Wow. wow, you're sounding a little like Gemma from host. You're I'm surprised you didn't summon a false spirit <laughs> yeah. by doing that. That's a little I know. Risky. <laughs> playing with a Ouija board and making up a story about a false spirit. That's that's some risky fucking shit right there, Brooke. It is. <laughs> oh man. All right, Brooke, hit us with your first question.
2: All right. What is your favorite horror movie that was released in your
0: birth year? That's the hard thing because I'm looking on here and there aren't very many movies that I like from 1992. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you, um, if I had to pick one, I guess it'd be Candyman because that's the that's the best one on that list. So, it's yeah, a solid choice. Yeah, I'd say Candyman. Yeah. Cool.
2: What's yours, mine's, Mark?
1: Mine's Pet Cemetery. Oh,
2: so you just Ooh. stole what Michael said. basically.
1: Yeah. No. No. It's fucking rude. Go back. <laughs> Go back in the Instagram verse and I have answered that question before.
0: You know why you're also blessed to be born in 1989? Oh, fuck off. Because Taylor, oh, <laughs> Taylor Swift was also born in 1989. So you share yeah, yeah. the birth year of Taylor Swift. So oh, lucky consider me. yourself lucky. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, so my first question is if you could stay one night at any haunted place of your choosing, where would you choose to stay?
2: Uh, I would stay in like a haunted mansion.
0: Ooh, okay. Like anyone, any haunted mansion in specific? In specific, uh, let's just
2: go with the uh, the one that Eddie Murphy was in. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Good choice. <laughs> what, what about
0: you, Mark?
1: Uh, the Winchester Mansion, I would say. Oh fuck that mm. shit!
0: Because that
1: house, like. I don't. Know, it just boggles my mind the way that it was built, and it. I would. I would just love to explore that house.
0: Uh, like, would you do it alone? Though, I guess I should have specified. You'd be staying there alone. Would you be able to do that?
1: It's a pretty big house to be in there by yourself.
0: That's why I was saying fuck that when you said the Winchester <laughs> house. I was like, nope, mm. I'm good.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Shit, that yeah, that changes things.
2: What if it was Ryan Reynolds in it with you?
1: Ooh, maybe. Actually, is the Amityville house considered haunted?
0: So it, Yeah, it, it's supposed to. It's supposedly haunted because yeah. people say that the the whatever was in the house was what made Ronnie DeFeo murder his family, because that's True. what he said.
1: True. I'll stay there. All right. I, I don't want to murder my... I don't want to murder my family, but
0: if I'm there by myself, you'll just murder yourself. It's fine. No, <laughs> just kidding. <that's> fine. <laughs> good answers. Good answers. All right, Mark, question number two. All right. Uh, so kicking
1: it back to the babysitter. What is your intergalactic dream team? My what? <laughs> my what? You're, <laughs> you're your intergalactic dream team you never watched the babysitter Brooke?
2: well like three or four years ago um
1: so just create a team of like sci-fi
0: horror people i guess like he- heroes like to face off against a greater evil right yeah okay um how many do i get to choose
1: I don't know, f- 4 or 5, I guess. They did they did 5, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I think they did 5.
1: We can trim it down to 3 if you just want.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to choose Ripley, obviously, from Alien. Of course.
2: That was my first pick, too.
0: Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> yeah. Um Sydney Prescott from Scream. Okay. Um Florence Pugh would be a good one. Okay. Um
1: Get some sci-fi horror in there, too.
0: Hey, Ripley's in there, so it's fine. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, Oh, Daniel Harris, obviously. Okay. And for my final one, can I pick a horror villain for this one? Sure. All right, well, I'm going to go with the obvious choice and pick a xenomorph. All right. Because obviously they can, you know, like in the babysitter when she says that he can like Implant the egg inside of the the bigger evil guy, and then you know he dies because of the chest <laughs> burster. I'll just do that. There you <laughs> go.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna go with Ripley. So my first choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Childs from the Thing. Nice. Oh, okay. Uh, Samara weaving. Perfect. And, Han Solo. Oh, oh,
0: OK, <laughs> I dig it. Hitting yeah. us with those good ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my choice. <laughs> very, very nice. What about you, Mark?
1: Of course, you can ask me. Uh, Ripley has to be for sure. Um, I'm going Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator because uh, he was fucking badass in that movie. Um hmm. See, I had childs in my mind too, but I don't want to copy Brooke. Uh the chick from Sputnik.
2: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Hold on. I'm I'm pulling Google up right now.
3: And
0: while hmm. you're thinking of while you're thinking of other ones, I'd actually like to change one of my answers because Brooke gave me an idea. Ooh. Okay. okay. I would like to switch um. Who would I like to switch? I would like to switch Florence Pugh because, like, I love Florence Pugh, but I just don't know what she would contribute. I've never seen her in a sci-fi film. I'm gonna switch her with Kate Lloyd from the Thing, the uh, the the prequel because fucking uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a badass in that movie. Mm -hmm. Nice.
1: I got my final one. Riddick, baby.
0: Ooh, Ooh, nice. All right, Brooke. Question number two. All right. What is your favorite
2: holiday horror movie?
0: Oh, well, that's easy for me. Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween, (laughs) Halloween. Or if I'm going to pick a Christmas movie, it's going to either be. okay. so I have three. So I have Halloween, Trick or Treat or P2. Nice.
1: Solid. Uh, I'm going. Uh, Fuck. Either Gremlins or Krampus. Halloween is a given, too, though, like, if we're, if we're going for any holiday. What about you, Brooke?
2: Uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Oh, true. I should have known that. That is one of our first ever episodes, and it's one of our least played episodes. <laughs> Actually, I think very... Krampus
2: is, is worse than that, like, for
0: yeah. plays. I don't know why, but...
1: Depressing, man. <laughs> it is.
0: A good fucking movie, though.
1: I'm looking it up right now.
0: I do like me some Krampus. That's a good movie.
1: Oh, you're right, Brooke. Krampus. Yeah. S- significantly less. <clears throat> oh, well. Fuck the haters.
0: All right. So I'm really excited for my question number two. And it's a two part question because I've got um, Brooke inspired me on the last episode to do a fuck Mary Kill. And I did a fuck Mary Kill for each of you. So for Mark, it's going to be a fuck Mary Kill of three women of horror that i know that he really likes
1: at least you gave me women
0: and then well i can give you man if you really want it so (laughs) i'm good (laughs) and then for brooke it's gonna be uh fuck mary kill three classic horror films so i will start with mark first so you got the option you got the option between florence Pugh, mary elizabeth Mm -hmm. winstead or emma webb
1: oh dude you are not gonna like my answer
0: well, you're gonna kill a Mary Elizabeth Winstead, aren't you? I yeah, I am. Fuck off. <laughs> just kidding.
1: And uh I'll fuck Emma Webb and Mary Florence Pugh.
0: Okay, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was gonna be. Goddamn. You went to, I was really <laughs> I was really trying to make this difficult for you. <sighs>
1: Florence Pugh just feels so like wholesome. Like and she like she has her cooking thing on Instagram. I don't know.
0: She's really yeah. good at taking care of cactuses. So yeah. you know <laughs> she knows so you know she'll take care good care of you. She can take care of her cactuses. So yeah,
1: because I'm a prick sometimes.
0: <clears throat> Not to mention she's just gorgeous. So
1: oh yeah, that too.
0: Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Okay, so fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> I'm giving you three classic horror films. So Scream, <laughs> Midsommar, or Halloween. Oh, oh, fuck.
2: Oh, man. <sighs> Uh you're going to get me in trouble for this one. <laughs> oh, God. I would kill Halloween. Oh, geez. Um, I would marry, scream, and fuck Midsummer. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: I suppose I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you didn't say kill off Midsommar, I'd be like, i have to go right now no i have to no, leave michael no. has left the chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man that was fun mark's mark's response was a little underwhelming for me i mean it was probably easier <laughs> i was just expecting it to be harder so i was a little disappointed i was like god damn yeah. i was expecting mark to just sit there and be like fuck you i'm gonna die i'd rather <laughs> die." <laughs> oh you answered that a little too uh easily for my liking mark
1: because i had a feeling that that's what you're gonna do i wasn't expecting mary elizabeth winstead though
0: i couldn't think of like a third person because like i know that you like her mm-hmm. but i was like i know that there's someone else that he's mentioned before and i could not think of who it was so it's like i'm just gonna put mary elizabeth winstead because you know who doesn't fucking like her so mm-hmm
1: Danielle Harris would have been a tough one.
0: Oh fuck! That was oh, that would have been a good one. God damn it! That's fine. She would
1: have been. She would have been tough in the mix.
0: <sighs> That's fine. It's all good. <laughs> what is your question number three, Mark?
1: All right. Uh, which non-horror actor or actress would you like to see in a horror role or actor?
0: Or actor. That's well, a tough one because I can't. It's hard to think. Think of- Chris Rock. He's in a horror film, though.
1: Well, now he is, but <laughs>
0: prior to Spiral. Mm. Brooke, do you have it? I'll let you go first if you have one.
2: Um, I would go with Shia LaBeouf. Oh.
0: Like, That's I know he did one.
2: Disturbia, but I feel like he did that when he was really young, and I feel like he's matured.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd say he's matured. <laughs>
2: i don't know as an actor i think so
1: yeah he's kind of gone batshit crazy over the years but
2: well yeah like three years (laughs) ago um yeah i guess go with uh shia labeouf i like
1: that i like that i'd like to see him in like a true horror movie yeah because like Disturbia is more like a a low key thriller
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'd
1: like to see him in
0: something like actually fucking terrifying yeah yeah um Okay. I've got mine. And she, she, I want to preface that she has been in a couple of horror films, um, but like, I would like to see her really, really have like a role where it's just her, like where it's just focused on her, where she's the main character. She's the main protagonist. Um, I would really like to see Emily Allen Lind being like a full horror, like a full fledged horror film. Cause she's the one that's she plays Melanie in the babysitter one and two. And she's also in um, Dr. Sleep. She plays one of the characters Mm -hmm. in Dr. Sleep, but those are all side characters. So I would love to see her because I think she's a fantastic actress. I would love to see her in like something where she's actually just like the main character. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think that would be, that would be fun. I like that. Cool. So.
2: Cool.
0: All right, Brooke, would you like to hit us with your third and final question?
2: Let's do it. All right. So you are going to prison for an entire year, but you get to choose your cellmate. So you get to pick a horror character to be your cellmate. Doesn't have to be a villain, can be any horror character.
0: (laughs) 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 Just kidding. Uh, So I I just have to choose whichever one I would want to room with. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, hmm. I'd probably choose Samara Weaving. She'd be a cool fucking cellmate to have. She'd be mm. pretty kick-ass. And I'm talking about the Samara Weaving from The Babysitter, so if anyone fucked with me, she would just annihilate them. All right. All
1: right. <laughs> I like it. No, no, no jailhouse bullies for Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh ironically enough i think i'm gonna pick mary elizabeth winstead because she broke out of the bunker in 10 cloverfield lane so maybe she could help me break out of the jail very clever
0: i
2: like that answer was not what i expected
0: (laughs) 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 it's kind of a cheating question because you're supposed to be there for a full year mark
1: hey Everyone wants to break into jail.
0: You're not allowed That's to true. escape a year before true. a year, year is up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He, I like it.
1: He didn't specify.
0: <laughs> nope. Nope. That's true. He did not. <clears throat> All right. So, Oh, actually, Brooke, what about you? Who would you choose?
2: I would probably take the easy road and pick like probably Jason just because have that protection. You know, no one would fuck with me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There you go. We can talk about our mothers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have any protection in the showers, though.
2: Oh,
0: nice.
2: Good point. He
1: doesn't doesn't like water.
0: Oh, that's true. So just make sure you don't drop the soap in there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because Jason will be in there to to fix your problems. (laughs) (laughs) What were you going to say, Mark?
1: I was going to say just shower in your toilet in your cell. It's a little sponge bath with the toilet water. Oh,
0: gross.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> All right, guys. So my third and final question is this is a podcast related question. I thought it would be appropriate for this episode. So I yeah. wanted to ask you what has been your favorite part of podcasting in the past year? Or I guess mm-hmm. for you, it'd be almost two years now. Jesus.
2: Um. That one's an easy one, I think. Not only getting to know Mark and getting closer with Mark, but just making mm-hmm. more friends outside of our little bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we become great friends with with you and the and uh, the horror movie crew, and you guys are in the states. You know, so far away, and I just, uh, yeah, that's one part I really like.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. That was like 100% could be my answer to like this whole podcasting thing has brought so many different people from all over the world together. Like we're friends with you in Utah and then the HMC is in Ohio and the Porcelain Peak guys are in fucking California. Chuck's down in North Carolina. Like we are good buddies with Daniel all the way in Australia. Like it's it's just crazy. There's been like corners of all over the world just kind of coming together to to form this like sort of community that we've created over the past year and a half, two years.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to imagine, you know, like what it was like a year and a half ago, two years ago when we didn't even know any of these people, it's like hard mm-hmm. to imagine. It's hard to imagine like you guys and all the others mm-hmm. not in my life. Like that's, it's just like impossible for me to imagine that now. Cause I'm like, I've gotten so like close to all of you guys in the past year so. Yeah. I'd probably have to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That and obviously, then I'm like, you know, super mega famous now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I yeah, that'd be my answer as well. So
1: and it, like, it's also kind of like opened our eyes to like different horror movies and shit too, because like, Brooke and I have always been horror fans. But there's always like, if you listen to our podcast, we kind of branch off like we don't do all the like cliched horror movies like we just did uh friday the 13th and a nightmare on elm street for our like 70 something episodes so i mean like we've done a lot of movies that are first time watches for us and like possibly first time watches for our listeners and stuff like that so it, it's been kind of like expanding our horizons within the the movies that we watch as well yeah
0: over oh, sure And that's like something I definitely appreciate about your guys' podcast because there's so many episodes that you guys have done of movies that I'm like, I've never even heard of this one. And then Mm -hmm. I listen to your guys' podcast about it and then it makes me want to go out and listen and watch it. So, yeah, I think you guys have like... I like the fact that you guys don't go for mainstream horror movies all the time. Like you guys have all these different horror movies. And some of the movies that you've done aren't even like fully horror related either. Like you've done some Mm -hmm. like actiony mm-hmm. type of films you've done you know some comedies yeah. like horror comedies stuff like that so it hasn't just been like straight up horror like you guys have really like played around with all of the all of the different yeah. genres so
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's like at the end of the day for all of our podcasts we just love movies in general
0: yeah so yeah. you know it's been, sure. a, it's been a lot of fun i love mm-hmm. it um but yeah thank you guys for participating in the final we love horror three question horror round for season one that was fun it was it was, it was. had some good questions today so yeah we
3: did <laughs>
0: <laughs> very excited about it um but without further ado um unless you guys have anything else you want to add before we move into the actual discussion uh we can move into the discussion of the film we're talking about today no, let's I'm good. do it all right so what film are we talking about today you guys take it away whichever one <laughs> we
2: are talking about the others which i think was 2001
0: i think mm-hmm. yeah so it just turned 20 years old this year which is fucking crazy yeah. and
2: uh this was actually a first watch for me Ooh.
0: and a second watch for mark because mark you said you'd watch it in the theaters and then you never watched it again after that right
1: no i never watched it in the theaters i watched it whenever it first came out i was only like i was only 11 when it came out so No, 12, 12. But uh, while I was watching it um, for this episode, I think I have watched it once or twice since that initial viewing because I was watching, I was like, okay, like there is no way this is like memories from 20 years ago. Cause I remembered a lot of what happened in the movie.
0: Maybe (laughs) you're remembering certain scenes from scary movie three. Yeah. yeah maybe are you mad i am your daughter yeah that whole fucking like scene is insane yeah <laughs> scary movie those that franchise has ruined a lot of fucking oh yeah like that because you can't watch them yeah. sometimes you can't watch scenes like that and take it seriously anymore because of that fucking movie. for
1: sure it's great it blows my mind that 2001 was 20 years ago like i finished watching the movie today and i said to my wife i'm like did you know that 2001 was 20 years ago? Like, that is absolutely insane.
0: That's really fun. I was in elementary school. I was in, like... Yeah, we all it? were. Second or third grade, so... Mm.
2: Yeah. And it felt like the movie, like, the look of it wasn't made in 2001.
1: No. It's really well
0: done. Oh, uh, so, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to get into this. Movie. <laughs> 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 and I'm really excited that we have... Um, like different perspectives with this movie as well because uh like the episode that we just did on your guys's with starry eyes this was brooks first time watching starry eyes so this is Mm brooks first time watching the others and mark you'd only seen starry eyes a handful of times you've only seen this movie a couple of times and for me Mm -hmm. of course i've seen this movie many a times so (laughs) no surprise there i've seen this movie more than maybe 20 times but it's fine. <laughs> but I will I will admit, though, I have not watched this movie in years. It's been, I would say, like seven or eight years since I watched this movie mm. last. So. Okay. In my defense, I have not watched it in a really long time. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> I was kind of surprised when you put it up for the poll. It's not one that I would have thought of.
0: <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to go with like a psychological horror film that I feel like is very highly regarded but not very many people talk about in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people and I've asked them, like, have you seen the others? And they're like, what's that one? And I was like, it's the one with Nicole Kidman. And they're like, oh, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So mm-hmm. I've heard that so many times from people. And so like, I really wanted to pick a movie that like hadn't been done before. It was either that or their perfection. And Mark, me and Mark were like mind melding with that one. Because I said, <laughs> that was like the first one that I brought up. And Mark was like, that was the one I was going to say. And I was like, okay, then I'll just <laughs> give that one to you and I'll pick a different one. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but yeah, I, I honestly really, really love this movie and I really wanted to talk about it and give it the recognition that I feel like it deserves that hasn't mm-hmm. gotten a whole lot of recognition since it came out. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's why I chose this one. And I, I loved the other choices that you guys picked too. uh, his house and the perfection were all really good. And it was kind of fun. Cause we kind of did a, a three, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a three movie poll instead of the normal two movie. So that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. That was really fun mm-hmm. to do. So, um, but yeah, and it looked like the perfection was going to win because the perfection was leading by like a shit ton. And then all of a sudden I checked it the next day after I went to sleep, I woke up the next morning and checked it and the others was like way up there. Like people had voted for the others like tenfold. So I was like, damn, yeah, those were just Michael's
2: burner accounts. That <laughs> yeah, was just me going in here and be like,
0: all right, there we go. Vote for yeah. <laughs> no, in all honesty, though, I kind of like at the end of the day, I kind of wanted the perfection to win just because, like, I fucking love that movie. Like, yeah, so I've
2: only seen it the once and it's a ride. Holy shit. The ending yeah, of that man. movie
0: is crazy. It is. It is it's oh. such a mind fuck. Yeah. So, whenever we bring it up for the poll again i would like to talk about that movie with you guys so i'm going to lock that movie in for you guys because you're special deal (laughs) thank you so um do either one of you want to read the synopsis on here
1: all right A woman who lives in her dark and old family house with her two photosensitive children becomes convinced that the home is haunted.
0: Ooh, that voice.
1: Uh,
2: Very (laughs) sultry. Are you ghost face, Mark? (laughs) No, I I don't have
0: a boyfriend right now. (laughs) Come on over. (laughs)
1: Jesus.
0: Fuck. Um, That was good, though. Great, great reading of that synopsis, Mark. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was released in two thousand and one. It has an IMDB score of seven point six out of ten, which it's fucking really good.
1: That's good for IMDB for sure.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna fuck up this guy's last name, but it was written and directed by Alejandro Amenabar. I think that's I, how you
1: say I, it. I think he killed
0: it. Um, And I don't have anything written down for like anything else that he's written or directed because I know nothing else that he's written or directed at all. So I was like, I'm not familiar with any of this, Um, but uh, it stars Nicole Kidman as grace. And she's obviously a huge actress. Like she's been in a shit ton of stuff. Um, I just put down the stuff that I know her from personally. So Batman forever, practical magic eyes, wide shut Malin Rouge uh, panic room, the invasion, just go with it. The Stepford wives, the killing of a sacred deer, and she's in 14 episodes of Big Little Lies. Is there any other things that you guys know her from that you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Oh, Days of Thunder.
0: Which which one?
1: Days of Thunder.
0: Oh, I've never seen that one.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen, seen it either.
2: Oh
1: my
0: god, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uncultured swine.
1: <laughs> Fucking
2: cold, cold trickle. Come on. <laughs>
0: What about you, Brooke? Do you have anything that you have?
2: Uh, That was pretty much it. Uh, She's really good in Big Little Lies. Like, I've only seen one
0: and a half seasons. Mm -hmm. But that first season, holy shit, she is so good in it so fucking good she's Aww. just good in everything that she's in i think nicole kidman is a fucking powerhouse of an actress and like this film is specifically the others is no exception like i think this is one of her best performances mm-hmm. is this film um so yeah i fucking love nicole kidman um yeah uh it's also stars Alakina man as Anne, and the only other thing i have her in is girl with the Pearl, Pearl- pearl earring i can i can't talk go. today you guys
1: um the, the girl with the pearl necklace
0: yeah um james bentley as nicholas and he's in the life and death of peter sellers and he's in nero and so these kids these two kids didn't go on to do much acting after this film like they're not in a which whole lot.
1: blows my mind because they were so yeah. fucking good in this movie yeah.
0: i know i know crazy uh especially the girl that plays Anne. like she's yeah. amazing yeah. in this movie um Christopher Eklitson as Charles and he's in 28 Days Later, 13 episodes of Doctor Who, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, and Thor, The Dark World. Um, Fionnula Flanagan as Mrs. Mills. She's in three episodes of Poltergeist, The Legacy. I guess that was like a TV show. Never heard of it. Never heard of it either. Um, Tears of the Sun. Oh, I I did not fucking realize that she plays... um, I forget the tilly and yes man
2: oh my god man she
0: she fucking plays the neighbor of jim carrey yeah i did i could not not get
2: i could not get that scene one scene in that movie under my head the entire movie when she fucking takes her teeth out oh man
0: (laughs) (laughs) i could take her seriously Uh, Uh. when she's like oh just come over you can can i need some plants that need to be watered yeah she's <laughs> and I didn't even notice I didn't even realize that it was her. So when I saw that I, I when I was looking up her um uh, filmography on IMDb, I'm like, holy fuck, she is Tilly in that movie. Holy shit. Yeah, like I
2: was I could tell by her accent and like her face. I knew her for somewhere somewhere. I couldn't put my like finger on it. And then I saw your late ear outline and I saw Yes Man. I was like, Oh yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she's in uh seven episodes of Lost, which I've actually never seen that show.
2: Me either. I didn't finish it. Is it good, though? uh, It was like the first few seasons were good, but then it just kind of got confusing.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So we have Eric Sykes, as Mister Tuttle, and he's in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and he's. All, <laughs> I thought this was really funny. He's in 226 episodes of Teletubbies. He does a voice for something. I'm not really sure. I never really watched that show, but I found that hilarious. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> that is funny. I <laughs> like missed that whenever I was reading through the outline.
0: Yeah, that show fucking scares the shit out of me. I don't like it. So it's <sighs> very weird. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of it. The only thing the only thing I remember from it is tabby tested when they like have the yeah. vac- when they have the little vacuum come and suck that purple shit up. I don't fucking know. It's so a weird yeah. show.
1: <laughs> it was very weird.
0: Yeah. Um anyway, uh Elaine Cassidy is Lydia and she's in 13 episode of episodes of Harper's Island. She's in the loft and she's in a Cold Play music video, The Scientist, which hmm. is a fantastic fucking Cold Play song if I do say so myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you guys like that song or not, but
1: I'm not a huge Cold Play fan.
0: Me either. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now he's actually leaving.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually leaving. <laughs> no, I mean like I'm not a diehard Cold Uh, play fan either i was just giving you guys but i do like i mean you know
2: whenever you name your kid apple i mean you know that kind of says something about you
0: (laughs) yeah it's a little fucking weird (laughs) um did you guys have any honorable mentions as far as cast members go for anyone else that's in the film
1: i think you named literally everybody that's in the movie
0: okay oh well i did forget to mention there is a there is a girl that's in this that woman that plays the old woman she looks really familiar
1: oh i do have someone
0: oh who is it
1: i forgot it in the seance at the end uh the girl who plays catelyn stark is in it
0: oh okay does she play the mother really
1: she's she's the wife yeah yeah like victor's mother she plays victor's mother
0: i
2: did not notice that oh
1: yeah
0: interesting cool good to know yeah the old woman looked really familiar too but I she did yeah couldn't place her um so if any of the listeners know what she's from I guess just let us know but um <laughs> uh, I have some fun facts here so the disease the children have is an actual disease known as xeroderma Z- <laughs> pigmentosum which is basically an extreme sensitivity to sunlight it is very rare with roughly a thousand people in the world that have it and her two kids had it. What are mm. the chances? I know. That would really fucking suck to have that. It though. would.
2: It mm. reminded me of that movie. It called. You to watch it all the time. But it has uh, Rob Schneider and David Spade and uh John oh, bench Benchwarmers. Yeah. Benchwarmers.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the one guy that fucking like see- stays in his house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that movie so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. too.
2: Yeah.
0: <sighs> Um, Nicole Kidman originally tried to persuade Alejandro Amenabar and the Weinstein Brothers to find another actress for the part coming off the bright and exuberant Moulin Rouge from 2001 the actress was initially reluctant to do a film that explored such dark places and it's really sad to say now that I see the Weinstein Brothers that they were attached to this movie it's sad to say, see that <clears throat> yeah but what movie
1: like, weren't they attached yeah. to back then though
0: yeah, that's true. And can you like, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine this film yeah. without Nicole Kidman in it? Like, because mm-hmm. I can't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I don't know who they have from two thousand one. Who else would they have play?
0: It? Yeah, good question. I don't know. I feel like Nicole Kidman is just perfect for this. I mm. I don't know. Maybe Kate Winslet would have played a good. Mm. I can see her fitting in this time era. I mean, yeah. she's, mm-hmm. she's in she's yeah. in Titanic and she fits that pretty well. So I could see her being in this, but. Other than that, I, I don't know. I don't see anyone else but Nicole Kidman playing this part, so I'm glad she ended up taking it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, the next fun fact to have is, in a pivotal scene, Grace finds a photograph album containing pictures of people she believed to be sleeping. Mrs. Mills informs her that they're all deceased and that people photographed the deceased in the previous 19th century. In reality, people did photograph their deceased loved ones during the late 19th century. Most were photographed lying down as if in a deep sleep. Others would be propped up in chairs posed with favorite objects, such as children with favorite playthings, adults with books or newspapers. The reason many families did so was because they would be the only fo- it would be the only photograph they would have of a family member if they didn't as photography was a rarity in the 19th century, which fucking creeps me mm. out.
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen like the real life pictures of
0: this. Yeah. Person.
1: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very fucking weird.
0: And it's creepy because some of them have their eyes open, too. Yeah. Like some of the some of the people that are supposed supposed to be dead in these pictures have their mm-hmm. fucking eyes open and it creeps me mm-hmm. out. I'm like, I don't want that in my house. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, Alejandro Amenabar wanted to play with shadows and sometimes scenes were actually lit by candles which is really cool because that's something I wanted to bring up in the discussion later on I love the way that this film plays with that uh, light like light and dark and a lot of that um,
2: yeah there was a couple scenes where I thought I did notice like a light in the background like either like on a door or something that kind of didn't look like the light from a
0: candle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I was going to mention this to you, Brooke, because you were talking about how dark the uh, dark starry <laughs> eyes was. And I was like, I wonder if this movie drove Brooke crazy too.
2: <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was worried about it when it, like was at the beginning, whenever she's like, oh yeah, we didn't have electricity for a while. So it's kind of got used to it. So we don't use it. I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> <You're> like, Great. <laughs> but, uh, but no, the lighting was done well in, in this with candles and stuff, like you said.
0: Yeah. Um, this was Renee Asherson's final acting role before her death on October 30th, 2014, at the age of 99. And I'm assuming she's the one that plays the old woman, the psychic woman. That's Uh, at the end, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Alakina Man and James Bentley were cast after an intensive search that encompassed 5,000 children. Holy wow! Can you imagine? A lot of auditions. Can you imagine auditioning that many fucking children? (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. And the fact like
1: that
0: how many? Oh, go on, go ahead. I was gonna
1: say, like, how many of them were actually like good actors too? Mm-hmm.
0: I know. And Well, and that's the th- that's the other sad thing about these two that they didn't go on to do much acting after this because it's like they they won out like five thousand other kids, so it's like mm-hmm. they're obviously great actors. I'm really sad that they didn't do anything else much after this movie. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, did you guys have any other fun facts that you found that you wanted to? bring up at all
3: no no
0: all righty so we will move on to the box office then uh so the budget was 17 million dollars uh the opening weekend in the u.s and canada was 14 million so i mean it was okay for an opening weekend but it didn't make its money back until like the total gross uh so the total u.s and canada gross was 96.5 million and the worldwide gross was nearly 210 million which is a shit ton of fucking move money
1: It killed it worldwide. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But like horror movies weren't as popular in the early 2000s as they are now. I don't think like I feel like now people go and see them more frequently in the theaters than they would have back then.
0: Yeah, because you got like definitely you got these big films, you know, like the Conjuring and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the Scream films and all these films that are like really big films to watch in the theater. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: Well, like your episode on the Conjuring Universe for another horror pod, didn't you guys say like the Conjuring Universe has cleared like over a billion dollars? It was like
0: 1.3 billion or 1.1 billion or something like that. Something in that. Which is
1: just fucking madness. I know. It's crazy.
0: I know. I'm like, I wish I, I, if I could pick someone to be in their shoes right now, it would be James Wan. For sure. (laughs) Because he's probably one of the richest men on the fucking planet. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, those were the fun facts and the all the interesting tidbits about this film. Do you guys want to get into the actual film discussion?
1: Well, let's, let's do it. it. Let's do it.
0: All right. So I like the way that this film starts out because it kind of starts out with uh, Grace. Re- like you hear a voiceover of Grace and she's reading to her children a story about the creation of the world, essentially. And <laughs> I thought that the music in this scene was reminiscent to Trick or Treat. I don't know if you guys felt that way. <clears throat> Cause there's uh, one part in specifics where there's like a chorus of like, like it sounds like little kids singing in the background and it kind of sounds a lot like mm. the score in trick or treat in some parts.
1: I didn't pick up on it, but nah, me either. But
0: yeah, I was like, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, and then there's sometimes when it actually sounds like the score of scream as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Like there's moments of this movie when the score kind of takes different approaches, which I really love.
1: Yeah. Like that loud like orchestra sort of sounding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you get like some of those scenes where it's just like with the <clears throat> subtle like strings and you mm-hmm. know uh the flutes and the you know all that. Um, <clears throat> fuck. Sorry. It's that coke <laughs> that I'm drinking. It's clogging my throat, <clears> throat>, throat> up. Um and I love, I love the setting of this film too. Cause like, I want to preface because I know that I talk a lot about on this podcast that I'm not a big fan of movies that are like period piece type movies. I would probably set this movie in that same category because this movie takes place in 1945. So it's like post-World War II. Yeah. Ju- I think the war just ended. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and normally I don't like movies that take place in like older eras, but I really, really love this movie. Uh, and I love the setting of this film because you see the... Um, the the estate you get this beautiful wide shot of just like the mm-hmm. estate on a it's like next to a lake or a pond and um you hear like you all of a sudden just hear Grace scream which is kind of just like jarring because you see this, yeah. this you see this peaceful looking like mansion set up on this hill and it's kind of surrounded by fog and then you just hear like this blood curdling scream that just kind of like pierces through that like peaceful morning type of setting mm. um and God Nicole Kidman has a great scream too
2: yeah
1: she does actually i was surprised at that
0: like her scream actually literally sounds like she's being murdered or something Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) even like later on like she starts yelling at like the the servants and stuff like that and it's just like god damn like she is killing it in this role
0: yeah 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 well and i I love what i love how like she has this like horrifying nightmare which ends up like coinciding with the ending of this film which i like uh Mm because it starts out with that and then you know, she wakes up and this is when you get introduced to the, the housekeepers that are coming to take care of the house. Uh, it's Mrs. Mills, Mr. Tuttle and Lydia. And they just show up at the front door. And I love how Mrs. Mills, like the first thing she says to Mr. Tuttle, she's like, Mr. Tuttle, your hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Gr- uh, Grace opens the door and she's like, yes. And they're like, oh, we're here because, oh. And she's like, oh, of course. Cause she basically put out an ad in the newspaper looking for honest, hardworking people. And so she brings them in and she's talking to him and she's trying to talk to Lydia and she realizes that Lydia is mute. Cause she, cause uh-huh. she says something to Lydia and Lydia doesn't respond. And she's like, what does the cat have your, does the cat got your tongue? And she's like, <laughs> Oh, she can't speak. She's been, she's mute. <laughs> um, Awkward. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, there was one thing in this movie at the beginning that drove me nuts. It was the way that Nicole Kidman pronoun- pronounced advertisement. <laughs> she's oh. like, advertisement. advertisement? So like, <laughs> yeah. what <are>
0: you <laughs> Oh, I see you responded to my advertisement in the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. So she only uh. did
2: it like twice,
0: So, but it just drove me nuts. <laughs> Which, correct me oh, if I'm funny. wrong, is Nicole Kidman actually British in real life? Uh,
1: she's Australian.
0: Oh, okay, yes. okay. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I was like, it must've been nice for her to be able to like actually use her actual accent for a role. Cause I feel like that must be hard for actors and actresses to like get rid of their accent. I don't know how the fuck they do it, but I
2: I feel like the Brits do. it so good. Like going to an English accent. Oh yeah.
0: It's insane. Um, But I like how this kind of, like, the scene starts because you kind of get an introduction to the house and she's kind of showing them around and she's giving them, like, specific rules and stuff. She's like, one door cannot be opened without the prior one being closed and locked first. And you're kind of like, why, though? Because you don't know why at first because you're like, why is she so strict? Because she's very, Mm -hmm, very... She's very uppity tight. She stands very tall and she's just very, you know, strict. And right out of the gate, fucking Nicole Kidman just nails it in this movie. She's so fucking good. Um mm-hmm. but I like how she does di- she basically discusses how she wants a quiet home. She doesn't want any, you know, any ruckus. So she talks about how she has no like radio, no telephone. And then she talks about how like the Nazis kept or the Germans kept shutting off their power. So they just got used to living without it. So basically mm-hmm. they have no power in this film, which I could not live in this estate if it was always dark like that. Cause like, this is what this is like <laughs> no. the one thing that I love about this film, but I also hate about it because if there's one thing about me that I know about myself is like, I like rooms with lots of light. Mm-hmm. Like when I have my own house, I want to have a house that has lots of windows, lots of daylight because it depresses me to have like a dark house. I can't handle mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So living here would just, I would no.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. It It sets the tone so perfectly in this movie though. It does, and I
2: think, I think the director used it in a good way of like using that as like a story piece. But I also was like thinking, like, are the children actually photosensitive? Because Grace is so protective of them. Like, I mean, she's just putting this in their heads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was
1: one of my thoughts too. Like, she's, I don't know, I can't like not a hypochondriac. I can't remember what the word is where like people make up, uh like conditions and stuff like that for themselves
0: yeah and it's like an actual like psychological yeah there's a name for it but i can't think of what mm-hmm. it's like something syndrome yeah
2: because uh, even uh bertha later in the movie starts questioning grace as to like oh maybe they're cured of it like how you don't know you know you never try and put them in the sun maybe they're cured
0: yeah exactly yeah that's that's really interesting that you guys brought that up because um See, I don't remember exactly my thoughts on this film the first time I watched it. Obviously, I probably didn't pick it up because I was really young the first time. But yeah, like I noticed that the more more I watched this, I was kind of like, that would be kind of cool if it like that it takes that it makes you think that it's going to take that route where she's basically sheltered because she shelters her children. Like they mm-hmm. even talk about like when, you know, sometimes they want to leave and she's like, uh, well, why would you want to leave? You have everything you have right here. Like. You have me and the house and all this stuff it, it just makes it seem like she's very intent on keeping her children in this house and never letting them out kind of a yeah thing. yeah so going, it's,
1: going back it, it's munchausen syndrome
0: that's it yeah oh, okay. okay i thought that's what it was but i was like i'm not gonna butcher it if i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> so
1: <laughs> i couldn't remember if it was stockholm syndrome or that but yeah it's munchausen
0: yeah, I think Stockholm Syndrome is the one where the hostage falls for the hostage taker, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was they're... also thinking,
2: like, why does Grace need to hire Nanny? Because she just, like, literally sits around all day and does nothing. <laughs> she, yeah. like, she, like, embroidered she just Yeah, like, one point she just looks bored as hell just sitting there.
0: <laughs> yeah. The mop. <laughs> pick up a mop pick up a fucking duster what else what are you doing yeah. with your life well and she Makes also kid some lunch yeah well and she also talks about how like her um the the servants and stuff just up and vanished out of thin air like one day they were there and then the next minute they were gone like the next day they just left and there's no one there so she that's why she wanted to look for honest hardworking people you know to take care of this house mm-hmm. and she insists on like showing them around and Mrs. Mills is like, Oh, that's not necessary. And she's like, but it is necessary because you don't know if you're going to run into a couch or a table or even my children playing hide and seek. And she's like, I don't understand what you mean. And I feel like uh, as an audience, audience member, you're kind of confused too. Cause you're like, why would she need to, <laughs> why would she need to know her way around if it's going to be lit during the day? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's when, that's when you find out that the kids are photosensitive to light. Cause she introduces the children, they come out and this is Anna Nicholas. Yeah, kind of like how in this scene, Grace is basically explaining this condition to Mrs. Mills. Like, she's like, the doctors couldn't figure out, like, a cure to their condition. And she asks them what it is, and or she asks her what it is. And she's like, they're photosensitive to light if they even get, you know, if there's any light brighter than the candle. Because she's holding, like, one of those little old candle light things. I forget what they're called.
2: Uh, oil, kerosene?
0: Like an oil lamp or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, if they're exposed to any light, any brighter than this, like they'll start getting, you know, blisters and then they'll eventually suffocate, Mm
2: -hmm. which is
0: really fucking scary, actually. Yeah. That would be awful.
2: The one thing that I didn't really understand in this was the whole door thing. Like, I know she does say it at one point, like she doesn't want the light to come in, but if the curtains are closed in all the rooms, why does she have to close the door
0: I think it's probably just too. Well, I think it's probably just a habit that she's had to condition herself to because it's like so yeah, I mean not it, there there are times when she doesn't have to open and close the doors, but you know, mm-hmm. what if she didn't get into the habit and one day she just opened a door and the sunlight just happened to be in or something and yeah. I think I think it's more just a discipline type thing to help herself remember to keep the doors locked at all times when the kil- children are in one room to keep them in one room and make sure that they're not going to get out through another one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's honestly just kind of her just condition, conditioning herself to it so that she remembers to do it. Mm hmm. Um, that makes sense. But I like how you get like subtle little hints of the events that happen in the, in the, at the beginning of the film that we don't quite know about yet. Um, Cause the children, like they're sitting at the table and they're eating breakfast. And I love, I fucking love the character of Anne. Like she's mm-hmm. so. She's such a brat, but she's funny. Like, I think she's really, really funny in this movie because she's talking about her first complaint is talking about this. This toast tastes weird. It tasted better when the other people were here, and she's like, she's like, why does it taste weird? And she's like, because other people made it, and now I'm making it for you. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah, talk-
2: whenever whenever they first get separated, uh, and to do like their like I guess Christian like lesson or whatever it is and uh she's like okay we gotta separate you guys and like no no and then um nicholas is like starts crying and the answer is like making fun of him yeah you guys just said you can't be away from each other now you're making fun of your brother
0: yeah because he's like he's like give me a kiss and she's like give me a kiss kiss."
1: she's she played like the perfect big sister
0: she really did yeah um but i like how they're sitting at this table and they're kind of talking about how you know all the other people left them and uh she asks mrs Mills, she's like are you gonna leave us too and she's like no of course not and she's like that's what the others said too but they ended up leaving Mm
3: -hmm. and then they're
0: like just like dad Mm -hmm. and then um that's when you find out that because uh ann says something about like that's when mommy went mad yeah and Mm -hmm. um nicholas is like that's not true and they start arguing and stuff and you mm-hmm. get like the, inter- you and then uh, Grace enters into the room and she's like, I need to talk to you for a second. So she pulls Mrs. Mills out. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she, she basically confronts Mrs. Mills because she's like, um, the postman didn't stop by to pick up the mail. So how did this letter, if this letter didn't get delivered, which means that, uh, my ad never went out on the paper. How the hell do you know about this? Like, how do you, how the hell did you know about coming here? Yeah. And, mrs mills like explains about how she just kind of happened to stop by to see if they needed help and you find out a little bit more about her backstory later but right now that's kind of really all she says and
2: uh yeah like at this point i was just thinking like what, how does grace just allow her to keep being in this house because i think bertha says like oh yeah we used to work for this house like mm-hmm. run this house mm-hmm. so i was like why doesn't grace you know kind of get freaked out
0: I feel like Miss. Oh, you go, Mark.
1: I was going to say, like this part kind of drove me crazy too. Like this is, like, almost like a glaring plot hole. Because, like Brooke said, like a, you're not going to let these people continue working in your house. You have no idea who they are. But I guess back then, I they would have just been answering an ad in the newspaper, anyways. So you chances are wouldn't know the people, anyways. But I mean, it's just it. I feel like they could have made. S- a such like such a better reason for them to show up like not oh we just happened to stop by to see if you needed help like a house like that a house like that chances are they're already gonna have servants and gardeners and nannies and stuff like that so I mean I feel like they could have used some better excuse than just stopping by
0: yeah I mean I get I get what you're saying like I I feel like if this was If this was watching it on your first watch you would you would have those thoughts but i feel like once you know the reason why they're there in the first place it makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
2: yeah definitely at that moment i was kind of like what the fuck but then the ending it kind of doesn't answer those questions but it kind of like allows that to kind of like not be a plot hole anymore
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well and i think as far as like grace just letting them stay there goes i think she's just desperate honestly i think she's desperate to have people to have people there to help out with the children and help out with the house and stuff like that so and i feel like mrs mills kind of has like a very comforting nurturing Mm -hmm. way about her like i like i really like her character in this film i think she does a really great job at being like this nurturing woman one minute and then the next minute she can just turn it on and be kind of sinister because there are moments in the film later on where she kind of like turns a switch and she becomes more sinister and you're kind of like okay what are her actual intentions and i kind of like how they play on that as well because you're like oh shit like there's something not right with these you know housekeepers that showed up and it almost paints them in a picture that they're bad for a minute like that they're bad Mm -hmm. people and then you know but uh I don't know. I think as far as like her letting them into her house, even after like this confrontation with Mrs. Mills, I think it's just because she's just desperate to have people there to help. And yeah, Yeah. you know, I think the whole Mrs. Mills saying that she's been here before and like helped out with the the housework and stuff before, I think that kind of puts her mind at ease a little bit more because then she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, at least she knows her way around. Like I don't have to constantly look over her shoulder all the time to make sure that she's doing the responsibilities that she's supposed to be doing. She clearly knows what she's doing. She's clearly qualified because she even says, I can show you my, you know, basically my resume. And she's like, no, that won't be necessary, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's almost kind of believable that she would just like let them into her house, even after this whole interaction. I, I, I just, because I mean, she is still a little suspicious of them, I think, but I think she's more mm-hmm. at ease just with yeah. the fact of knowing that they've been here before kind of a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and at Older. this point...
2: Oh, go ahead. You go All ahead. All right. I was going to say, like, at this point, you you know that her husband is gone to war, and you don't know, like, if he's dead or if he's just gone for war. So she's definitely looking for help, like, with her kids, because she's clearly going crazy without her husband here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, like, I like how this house plays such a character of what it's like to live in isolation and live. Cause I almost feel like this house is a manifestation of grace's own mind. Like Mm -hmm. she's going crazy and that this house is kind of just like feeding on that. It's like, it's constantly dark because she has to keep it dark for her children. It's a huge fucking house. She's living there with just the three of them, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, she's constantly isolated. She even says a line later on where she says, basically like, I'm starting to feel isolated from the world because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just this fog that's constantly surrounding this estate. And she, she doesn't feel like she's in contact with anybody. So I feel like this house really, really, they did a really good job playing, making this house a a character in itself as well. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
1: I was going to say, like, she doesn't have any means of travel either. Like she doesn't have a car or anything, which I didn't notice. I didn't notice until later on, whenever she goes on her little walk
0: yeah, because later on she goes she goes to like leave for town and she ends up like going on foot. So it's like, how far is it into town? Yeah. on foot? How far is it going to take you to get into mm-hmm. town? Is it like three miles? Is it like twenty miles? Like yeah. it never really specifies yeah. how far away they are from like civilization. So mm-hmm. but I don't know. I like how I like also how they kind of have this conversation where um she explains to Mrs. Mills, she's like, my children have very strange ideas sometimes, but you mustn't listen to them you know Mm -hmm. and um yeah because in the in the private prior scene when they're talking at the breakfast table when her and um nicholas are arguing Anne's basically like it did happen and nicholas like nicholas is like it did not and she's like it did and then you get that scene after that conversation with mrs mills where she enters the kitchen again and then you hear Anne just say it did happen and then that's when like the that's when the scene ends yeah, And I kind of like how this movie almost kind of give, <clears throat> like almost reveals the ending to you in very subtle ways. Like even some, some uh, yeah. words that the characters in this film use when you watch yeah. it more than once, you're like, okay, I pick up on it now. You know,
1: that's something that I brought up in my reviews. Like I couldn't tell like, and I kind of wanted Brooks opinion on it because this was a first time watch, but like, were the clues that in your face on a first time watch? Because, like, I found as I was watching, like, I knew the ending in a, like, in a sense, like, it's been so long since I've watched it. So, I couldn't remember specifically what happens, but I knew, like, what the twist was and everything like that. Um, So, watching it now, like, all the hints that are throughout the whole movie, I was like, oh, my God, like, it, it's so obvious once you know what the ending is. Did you find that? Like, did you find that those hints were...
2: No, I didn't. I didn't see like the ending really coming at all. Like, yeah, there's a few hints, like with like the curtains and then locking the doors. I can mm-hmm. kind of see because like the house is for sale at the end. Like, I don't want to get right like, the ending, but that those little things kind of did hint to something. But the one I kind of figured out was uh, which we'll get to in a bit. But whenever she goes to town, she sees her husband. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that he was dead. And he was probably a ghost. Even when he says he has to leave again, and then she says, "Oh, I loved you." I was like, "Okay, so he's he's dead, and he's a ghost." But I didn't really Mm -hmm. catch on to if she's a ghost as well. So yeah, I didn't really give away too much of it. I found.
0: Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you didn't see the ending coming because did that did that blow you away? Did the ending of this film blow you away, Brooke?
2: Yeah, like both. Both twists <laughs> at the end, yeah, blew
0: me away. Yeah.
1: He texted me and he's like, Oh my god, that ending. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 I, I remember the first time watching this film, and I remember I remember the ending very clearly. Like I don't remember uh, a whole lot of like my first watch, but that ending mm, stuck with me. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like they kind of almost pulled a sixth sense in a way, but like I feel like they almost did it better in this film, to be honest with you. There was
2: like one scene, um, yeah. like whenever victor the ghost first gets introduced <clears throat> and nicholas and ann are sleeping in their bed and and keeps saying like oh nick or victor keeps opening the curtains
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then i was like at that scene i i knew that it was ann that was actually doing it i thought because i could see like really giving up from the bed and like opening the curtains and stuff yeah so i kind of thought like ann was just kind of fucking with nicholas <laughs> at that point <laughs> yeah. yeah and victor wasn't actually real but yeah. I mean, you know how that turns out
0: yeah well and i love in this i love in this next scene they're kind of sitting around this table and they're reading um a story about how like the romans kill like beheaded these kids for believing in jesus and when she gets to the part where she's like where nicholas is like and the roman emperor was enraged in order to have their heads cut off and starts laughing <laughs> she's like <laughs> And then Grace yeah. is like, is something funny? And she's like, well, I think those children were really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I like, like there's how... Something... Oh.
2: I was uh, say, I I just going like... to say... <laughs> <laughs> you Go, go ahead, Mark. Okay. I was going to say, I like how this scene also plays in the end. <clears throat> Nicholas is asking his mom about, or the mom asked him like, okay, what are the four things of hell Mm -hmm. and where do children go when they die i like how they Mm -hmm. brought that into the end of the movie
0: yeah which is terrifying because i'm like fuck these kids are like like Mm -hmm. eight nine years old like i don't want to hear i wouldn't want to hear about that when i was a kid i wouldn't want to hear about where i'm gonna go if i'm not a good kid like that's scary to me like (laughs) let's just talk about like just imagine like you being stuck in this place for all eternity and i'm just like yeah thanks i'm good and like with the whole (laughs)
2: war thing whatever uh grace says oh yeah the goodies go here and the baddies go here and the kids ask well who are the goodies and baddies Uh and Mm -hmm. you know war does technically have a good side and bad side but you know there's some movies where they show like you know the bad side when they capture like a young kid who is just doing what he's told so like he's not a bad person (laughs) he's just fighting for the wrong side possibly
0: yeah and that like begs the question Mm -hmm. because it's like what is the good side and the bad side because it's like you know from our side we're obviously we obviously feel like they're the good guys but they feel like they're the good guys on their side so it's like
1: i said like they're both sides are fighting for what they feel is right
0: Mm, yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah well and i love how they like discuss like all the four you know like brooke was saying all the four hells like the hell where the damned go purgatory the bosom of abraham where the just go and limbo where children go and like then she mm-hmm. explains to them she's like do you guys understand now why they told they uh told about their love like confess their love of christ and the children are like yes and then they're like, okay, she's like, and then I want you to read this lesson. And Anne's like, can we go play? And she's like, you shall not until the lesson is done.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then she's like, as a matter of fact, I think I'll have you guys uh, read this in different rooms. <laughs> and then this is when, and I love I love the line uh, that Nicole Kidman gives to Nicholas when he's like, what if we see a ghost? And she's like, Will you tell the ghost hello. And then you get back to studying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then... um so they're separated in different rooms. Like Anne's in the music room, and Nicholas is in, I think, the classroom, is what I believe it to be, is the classroom. Because yeah. they have like a chalkboard in there and stuff. Um, and so this is the scene where Grace is talking to Mrs. Mills, and you get kind of like a little bit, you don't really get much of a backstory of Lydia because she tries to ask Miss Mills <clears throat> if Lydia was like born mute, and Miss Mills says no. And then, like, before Grace has the chance to ask her any more questions, Mrs. Mills is like, okay, I'm going to go check to see if, you know, Mr. Tuttle needs help with anything. And so she just, like, Mm -hmm. walks off. Like, she hurries off, too, which I kind of thought was, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, I thought that was kind of weird how she just, like, hurries off. Like, like, there's there's something weird about her.
2: Yeah. And then all the crazy Mm -hmm. shit starts happening.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then this is when Grace starts hearing, like, the crying, like, the, ch- the child crying. And so she thinks it's Anne, or she thinks it's Nicholas first. So she goes to check on Nicholas. And then she goes to check on Anne, and neither one of them are crying. And yeah. this is when I think that the actress that plays Anne's acting is really good, because it's when she gets into the argument about um, Victor. Because she's like, she's like, oh, so I just imagined it? Because she's like, I wasn't crying. And she's like, oh, so I just imagined. She's like, no, it was Victor. He, yeah. He, Yeah, she's like, he keeps crying because he doesn't like living here, but he can't, he can't, he's not allowed to, or he doesn't want to live here, but he doesn't have a choice. And she's like, he keeps saying that it's his house. He's such a spoiled little brat. And she's like, (laughs) and she's basically calling out Anne out on her shit, like saying that she's lying. She's like, if I told you I was crying, I would just tell you. And she's like, yeah, she's like, quit lying. And she's like, I'm not. And like her, their acting in this movie is so good.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it was. I think it'd be kind of cool to just like act act with a child actor that's like on your caliber of acting. I think that'd be a really cool mm-hmm. experience because it's like, yeah, obviously, sure. Nicole Kidman is way older than this child. So like to see a child like on the same level of acting as you would just be such mm-hmm. a cool experience. And I like how she's like, so how do you want to explain to me how somebody came in and out of this room with it being locked? And then she sees that the door is like standing wide open. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is the next scene when she's like screaming at the housekeepers. Cause she's like, I specifically told you there are rules in this house. This is, this house is basically like a ship. The, sh- the water has to be contained or the light has to be contained just like water. And she's like, I already discussed that. Then one door cannot be opened without the other door being closed. She's like, is that, that is that, that hard to understand? And she's like, which one of you was it? And so she like accuses Lydia first. And, um, Mrs. Mills is like, she doesn't have a key, madam. And she's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that, that leaves you then. And then I like the scene because you get like a subtle look from Mrs. Mills. She kind of looks at Lydia because she's like, I, I, I hope you don't uh, think that I would leave the door open. She's like, do you think I would endanger the life of my own daughter? And then you kind of get like that subtle look from Mrs. Mills. Like she looks at Lydia as if she's like, but you have harmed your daughter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you picked up on that Brooke, but like, I'm sure you did Mark since you already kind of knew the twist.
2: No, I didn't because like mm-hmm. uh Mrs. Mills says, Oh, you saw me go outside with uh with Mr. Tully, and Grace is like, Oh, you'd accuse
0: me of doing that? <laughs> yeah, she's like, and you think I would endanger the life of my own daughter, and then you you know, like you I love how this movie does yeah. that so subtly though, like it just mm. like the looks that the looks that characters give each other, or like like I said before, certain lines that they say. It's very, you know, obvious on the nose once you watch it more than once. But the first time you watch it, you never pick up on it. And I love that. We get into the scene um, with Anne and Nicholas and they're sitting at the table eating again. And they're talking about like ghosts because he's like, do you think Nicholas is like, do you think they're ghosts? And she's like, don't be stupid. Ghosts uh, ghosts are, you know, in chains and white sheets uh, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And they're arguing back and forth about that. And then, um, then that's when you get the scene with Victor mm-hmm. where they're laying in bed. And uh, I like the scene a lot. I think the scenes, there's so many creepy, like eerie scenes in this film that just like, still like after watching it 20 years later, it's still like there's certain scenes in this movie that are so effective. Even after I've watched it like 20 times, I'm still like, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, just the way that he sets up the tone in this house, the atmosphere, the lighting, everything about it. Cause you're like, holy fuck. I, I would not be staying in this house if I thought it was haunted. No way. No yeah this
2: scene reminded me a lot of the one scene from the conjuring whenever the two girls are in the bedroom and they're like oh my god there's someone behind the door and the camera just is on the door and yeah. you're like oh fuck oh fuck and then whenever ann is like uh victor nicholas doesn't believe me Can you touch his face so he believes <laughs> And then nicholas <laughs> is just like laying there terrified and like it was a very intense scene
0: yeah well and it also you brought up the scene from the conjuring i think this scene also reminded me of the conjuring too because the scene where um they're laying in bed too and uh the one character of janet is like talking to herself like she's making Mm -hmm. the different voices and that's kind of what i feel like Anne is doing in this scene like she but i feel like the when you know the twist you know that it's not Anne that's doing the other voice it's like it actually is i feel like it actually is victor that's talking and then i think i'm pretty sure because you see this i love the shot that you were describing where it shows him with his back against the to the window, and you see Ann go and shut them, and then you hear someone else go and open them again. And I'm pretty sure it's Victor that opens them. Yeah. But you can't really tell because, like you said, you thought it was Ann the first time. You're like, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it is Victor that opens them back up. Mm-hmm. And then Ann goes and sits back down on the bed and she's like, Will you please tell him to close the curtains? He won't listen to me and he's like stop doing that voice and she's like it's not me and she's like you're a cowdy custard you're a cowdy cowdy custard Couty, <laughs> Couty. <laughs> she's such a little fucking brat. Uh, <clears throat> but um yeah and then you get that scene where because you can clearly see Anne still in the shot like sitting there so you know it's not Anne that touches him
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then he screams and then uh grace walks in she's like i am fed up with you do you hear me i'm fed up and she's like i did not do it i didn't do anything <laughs> And then it cuts to the next day. And I love this next scene. Cause this is the scene that you're referring to Brooke, where she ends up getting the gun at some point, mm-hmm. but, uh, you see Anne and she's like standing in the music room or not the music room. She's in like the main hall, like the big room by the stairs. And she's like reading a passage from the Bible. And then, um, Grace is like, okay, now you can uh, pray to, you know, who is it? The Virgin Mary for forgiveness. Yeah, something like that. And Anne is like, "I'm, I won't." And she's like, "How dare you?" And she's like, "I won't, I won't apologize for something that I didn't do." Well, and I love how um Anne kind of schools Grace in a lesson of limbo here because she's like, "Do you remember the story that we talked about about how kids who don't tell the truth go to limbo?" And she's like, "Actually, it's not who children who don't uh, tell the truth; it's children who haven't been baptized, and I have."
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah in this next scene we get the scene with um miss mills and grace and she's sitting there and she's knitting um i'm assuming she's knitting the the wedding veil that's going to show up later in the film correct
1: yeah yeah isn't it it's a communion veil
0: like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and she's like knitting that and um she's telling miss or she's talking to grace in the other room because great you can hear grace like kind of slightly reading from the bible and then Anne's like or Or Anne, you can hear Anne. sorry and grace is like i can't hear you you're not saying it loud enough (laughs) and then miss mills is like well how long are you going to keep punishing her for and uh grace is like well that depends on her she needs to apologize for what she did wrong and and she's like and can you also just tell lydia to stop banging around upstairs like she doesn't need to make that much noise just to do some cleaning and uh
1: I love how she blames Lydia for that. And like Lydia's the most timid person I've ever seen in my entire life.
2: Yeah. It's like, why (laughs) would she be making that loud of noise?
0: (laughs) She's mute. She's not deaf. Like, yeah, I can understand if Lydia was deaf, then maybe she wouldn't realize how much noise she's making, but she's not deaf. She's just mute. But yeah, I've never, I've never understood that either. But um, yeah, that she, so uh, Miss Mills goes outside to talk to Lydia and you get that shot of grace like it's like a slow pull uh push in shot of grace and she's sitting there like just knitting and you can hear like the sounds like gradually like getting louder upstairs and then all of a sudden you just hear this big ass crash mm-hmm. and so uh grace stands up and it's she's about to go like chew lydia's ass out and then she sees that they're all mr tuttle uh miss mills and lydia are all standing outside talking to each other and so this is when i feel like the movie really ramps up it scares like i yeah i love the way this movie just kind of takes takes off after that cool. um so then she goes out and Anne's like standing on the stairs and she's she's still reading and she asks Anne, she's like what who was up who's up there and ann's like i'm not nobody she's like i didn't i didn't see anybody because she's like i'm not gonna tell you now that you accuse me of lying <laughs> yeah and um grace is basically like just tell me the truth ann and she's like oh the they're in that room the junk room and so Anne goes up to the door and she opens it. And I love how, I love how when she opens the door, she like stands there long enough for um, Anne to basically be like, mom, the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After yeah. she spends all this time, like, like yelling at the servants for not closing doors behind them and making sure that she's like so careful about closing doors. Now she, mm. you know, opens one and leaves it open long enough for Anne to be like exposed to it. I think that's funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Ann moves ran a lot in this scene too, like she's like in the foyer, then she's up on like the top of the stairs and then right in front of the door whenever she opens it up.
0: Yeah, which is, um, I'm glad like you brought that up because I wonder if that was like a purposeful choice, you know, like wh- for people that go back and watch it a second time, maybe we'll pick up on that. But I wonder if that's like to kind of show, to bring uh, more attention to the twist that happens at the end or something Mm -hmm. i don't know because like one minute she's on the floor and then the next minute she's on the stairs and you know like you said she's moving around so much so it's it's interesting that you bring that point up because it's kind of like a subtle thing and i don't know if it was purposeful it might have just been you know one of those things where passage of time she moves from one place to the other and it doesn't really mean anything at all but yeah (laughs) you know it's it's possible that they could have done that purposely Mm -hmm. um but i really do love this next scene with the with the junk room. Cause she goes in there and, you know, you get that like typical old fashioned scare with all the, you know, all the items in the room covered up by sheets and stuff. And so she's going around and you can hear like some, you can hear people whispering. Cause I like, I like the way the sound design is in the scene. Cause you hear like whispers and like people walking around the room. And then all of a sudden I'm assuming the sound is coming from the old woman that we see later, but you hear like the moaning sound, which is like, <gasps> which is super creepy. <laughs> they like, ugh. Yeah. Um, and so she like goes to back up and she backs into like something you think is a person and she rips the sheet off and I think it's just a statue of the Virgin Mary. And so she's yeah. going around she's going around ripping off sheets like crazy and she rips off a sheet on like a, I'm guessing it's like a, a big like, what's the word dresser with a mirror on it. And she's like looking in the mirror and you see the door closing behind her as if somebody's yeah. like leaving the room and yeah. then she goes outside and she's like which way do they go and and she <laughs> i really love the way she says this scene because or says this line because she's like oh there's one they went that way and that way oh and down there as well <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i love her attitude
0: oh me too yeah it would you, it would drive
1: uh... me crazy if it was my kid but i love watching it like from the outside in
0: i know yeah, for and I, sure. love, I love how like completely calm she is about it like she's like there's mm-hmm. other people here but she's like dan's just completely okay with it like yeah, yeah. um and she's like they, sh- they say that this is their house and they're gonna take down the curtains as well which is ugh, scary. yeah so
2: who do you think was in that room do you think it was mrs tuttle lydia or mr tuttle lydia and mrs mills or
0: i i think it was i think it was the people that are at the end of the film Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um and and i i think it's interesting because i wonder like i i try to see it from like the the other people's point of view is like was this room empty and was grace just like seeing like what she wanted to see and was like or was the room still covered with these uh items covered in sheets and stuff and that's why they're covered in sheets is because they don't live in the house anymore Mm -hmm. so it's i wonder if you know from these people's perspective, like if they're seeing this happening as it's happening, like grace, like ripping these sheets off, or if it's just an empty room and these people are like, are surrounding her and she can't see Mm -hmm. them.
2: Yeah. I I do like how the scariest, well, one of the scariest scenes in this movie is the one where it's completely white. Like, cause the rest of the movie is very dark. And then there's one scene that they have a lot of scares in is like daylight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and they do, they do that a couple of times in this film as well. They do a couple of scares that are in the daylight, which I think is really cool for, for the time that this movie came out. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that they, you know, implemented scares in the daylight as well. Cause you didn't see that very often with films of this nature back in the back in the day I don't feel like we got a whole lot like now you get like movies like Midsommar that like take place completely in the daytime that are horror movies
3: yeah
0: um, I'm trying to think of another example but you get what I'm trying to say yeah. um, it's really cool that you know they kind of did that whole you know put a twist on that trope that not everything scary has to happen in at night you know a lot yeah. of, a lot of these scares can take place during broad daylight as well Um, but yeah I just really really love the way this scene like transpires yeah um, But then in the next scene, she she's yelling at the once again, she's yelling at the housekeepers for some reason, because I don't know why she's yelling at them because she knows it's not them. But I think it's just her distrust. She wonders, like, if these people I'm wondering if she thinks that Mr. Tuttle and uh, the servants brought these people with them or something, because she's like. Uh, The entire time during the occupation, we've never had. We've avoided having a single Nazi ever step foot in this house. So why all of a sudden are these people here? You know? Yeah. And you can really
2: go ahead, Mark.
1: I was going to say, I think it's almost like a psychological thing too. like, she doesn't know what's going on. So she's just retaliating against the people that are right there. That like they're, they're new people that she doesn't know anything about them and she doesn't know what the fuck's going on in her her house so i think she's just attacking whoever's nearby
2: yeah Yeah. like i was gonna kind of say the same thing like you can really see her progression of like how mad that grace really is like how crazy she is Mm -hmm. as a person
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's 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 just a little unhinged you know a little bit a little bit (laughs) um but I also like in this in this same scene. This is like another really eerie, creepy scene because Anne uh, shows Grace a, a drawing that she made of like the people that are in the house that she keeps seeing,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: not only that, but like she has numbers next to them of how many times she's seen these people, yeah. and she's like, "I've seen the old woman the most," and yeah. it's so creepy because you get the picture of the old woman and she like her eyes are <laughs> like whited out. So it's yeah. just, I I love that setup where you think that oh shit like there's so there's like a whole bunch of ghosts living in this house which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I particularly love this next scene too because this is the scene where they're going around and uh checking the house for intruders. And I don't know if you guys noticed this and I noticed this on most recent watch that I'd never noticed it before. Um but then I went on IMDB to see if maybe it was like you know under facts or something or fun trivia and it actually was. So the scene where she there, you know, she assembles the housekeepers, they start going around, she grabs the shotgun and she goes to cock it and she like stops for a minute. Almost as if she's like recalling a memory of like deja vu with the shotgun, Mm -hmm. which will which will um, revisit, you know, obviously the ending of this film. But I thought that was really interesting. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that I never realized that. Cause she, know. you know, she goes to cock it and she stops for a minute and then she keeps going. So it's like, she's, yeah. she's recalling using this gun before.
1: Huh. Um, and then you yeah, get I didn't that. that.
0: Yeah. And then you get these really cool shots where it's like these like sweeping shots of like each room is like the curtains are being opened. You get like all these different, like cool shots, Yeah. which I think is kind of cool. And then you get that one shot. This is probably one of my favorite shots in the whole movie because I remember the first, my reaction to this (laughs) shot the first time I watched this movie was like, (gasps) like my heart almost like jumped out of my chest because I was like really young when I saw this movie. So this was one of my very first horror movies that I was introduced to. So this was back in the time when shit still, you know, scared me. And this scene with the painting when she's walking in the room and you see like the guy's face in the background. Oh, Mm, Yeah. And then she opens the curtain and it's just a painting, but it's, it looks so creepy the way they did that.
1: Yeah. They make use of curtains and veils and stuff like that a lot in this movie. Like it's really effective. Like a lot of the stuff that you see is kind of through a curtain or some sort of obstruction, which I don't know if that's a play on later on or not, because like the veils kind of over her eyes or like the wool's been pulled over her eyes. Ooh,
0: mm. okay. Getting deep in this discussion. There you go. <laughs> I never, I never even thought about that. That's actually a really cool kind of, uh, what's the word metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, then I think this is when grace is grace, like looking around the room and she finds that album with like the photos of the people in them. Yes. Yeah. Which it is. I've always just found like, I don't understand why this was ever a thing like post-mortem photograph pho- photography back in like the early 1800s late 1900s like or er, you know what I mean the late <laughs> yeah. 1900s or er, er, <laughs> late eight late 1800s early 1900s Jesus Christ Please. <laughs> um But yeah, like she finds an album and it, she's like flipping through it and she it looks like people are just sleeping. But Mm -hmm. when she brings it to Mm -hmm. Miss Mills, Mrs. Mills is like, oh, yeah, this is an an album. You know, this is the book. This is a book of the dead. And she talks about how like people back in, you know, the early times thought that, you know, if they took pictures of their dead loved ones, their souls would um stay behind in the photographs. And I love how Mrs. Mills like isn't creeped out about it at all. She's like, "Oh, it's actually, actually rather charming." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Grace is like this is disturbing. Like Grace is like exactly the opposite of what, you know, <laughs> Mrs. Mills is cuz I find that kind of disturbing too. Like oh, you know, for it's sure. just creepy to me, like especially the ones with children where they're actually standing mm-hmm. up. And I read that like to stand the children up they'd have them on like a little uh well almost like a tripod in a way. Yeah. Jesus, So I'm just like, oh, can you imagine having to be the one to take those pictures? No, thanks.
1: Well, you're a photographer. Like, would you ever do that? Like, if someone pay, if someone called you and said, Michael, I'm going to pay you like $1,000 for the day if you take these
0: post-mortem photographs. $1,000? 000...
1: I don't know. How much does a photographer get paid?
0: Maybe for like $3,000, but... I like how they set up this whole, uh, it's kind of almost like a side plot for um, a a payoff later on, like a twist that happens later on. So they set up this whole, you know, book of the dead thing for a twist that we're going to see later on. Um, But uh, yeah. And then in this next scene, she's, she's uh, talking to miss mills about um how her mom doesn't believe in ghosts but she expects them to believe everything they read in the bible she's like our mother doesn't believe in ghosts (laughs) but she expects us to believe everything we read in the bible and
1: amen to that i know right sorry (laughs) not to get into that topic but
0: (laughs) she's like like creating the world you know uh she doesn't believe that god created the world in uh seven days or whatever and that uh the ark she doesn't believe the ark and the holy spirit being a dove and then she says that funny line that she's like doves are anything holy <laughs> yeah they
2: shit on my windows
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it's fucking
2: great and then, like, yeah Miss, mrs mill's asks, and like have you told your mother this
0: and they're like nope <laughs> nope because you know what would happen if we told our mother this she would beat our asses yeah what yeah. happened um and then in this next scene uh well I also forgot to mention that the the scene takes place where uh, Miss Mills is explaining to Grace what the photos are for takes place after the whole um, doves or anything but holy scene. But they're like, so Grace is like sitting by the fire and Mrs. Mills is sitting like off to like the other end of the room. And she's like, come sit, come sit closer. It's, it's cold tonight or whatever. So Mrs. Mills comes and sits next to the fire with her. And like, they're talking about, you know, the photos and stuff like that. And then Miss Mills says like the, the line grief over a lot, the loss of a loved one can make people do the strangest things, which is, you know, kind of hinting at something to come later. Yep. Yep. Um, And then they kind of have a brief conversation about how, um, you know, Mrs. Mills used to work here and she was like, was your experience here always good? Did they treat you well? And she's like, Oh yeah, they treated us really well. And, you know, um, she talks about how like everybody started, Mrs. Mills started, Or starts talking about how like everybody started to leave, and then it was just them towards the end. And then Grace kind of talks about the same thing. She explains that her family like left the island in 1940, and she hasn't heard from them since. And she uh, Miss mill says that they had to leave eventually because of the tuberculosis outbreak that ended up happening. Mm. And then Grace asks what happened to Lydia. She said, "Is was she born deaf?" or was she born mute? And she's like, no, uh, was it for, because of the tuberculosis? Is that b- because of the tuberculosis that she ended up having becoming mute? Is that what she yeah, says? Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Um, and, uh, then, uh, there's something, Oh, and then this is the scene where grace goes and apologizes to Anne Cause she's, you know, talking to Anne and Anne's pretending to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to leave the room and then Nicholas, is asking her when their dad's coming home yeah and he's asking her why he left like why he went to war and she's like uh because he was brave and he wasn't prepared to let the germans tell him what to do uh so she's kind of trying to like talk to nicholas and make him understand like why he's not there and like i can't imagine like what that would be like like going like I try to put myself in the shoes of people back in like that time period when like men were being drafted to go to war like fuck that no thank you like that would be terrifying to me
2: yeah like you have no choice really
0: yeah and i can't imagine like what it would be like for like the wives and the children of those those husbands that go off to war and sometimes they don't always come home and so it's just like i can't imagine like what that would be like how hard that would be Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like a really sad thing like it just makes it this is actually this is a horror movie, but at the core, I feel like it's also just a really tragic, like family drama. I was just
1: gonna it say, really like, is, yeah, you could take some of the horror aspects out and like pin this as a drama for sure.
0: Oh yeah, like there's 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 scenes in this movie that almost make me cry every time I watch it because it's just like putting myself in that position and just imagining like what that would be like. I'm just like, that's so unfathomable to me. <laughs> but um, And then this is the scene... Like, you get another scare in the scene because Grace is sitting on the floor, like, crying. You know, I think she's holding her husband's picture, I believe. She's, like, holding a picture of her Mm -hmm. husband. And then you hear, like, the piano downstairs playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she goes downstairs and she goes in the room... Or she goes to go in the room and the piano stops. And so she, like, goes to close it. And then she goes to go back out and, like, the door starts, like, kind of closing behind her. And so she goes she goes i love i kind of think the scene's kind of funny but it like it's definitely a good jump scare but it's also kind of funny because like she's testing the door and i always cringe every time i watch this movie even though i know that like obviously she's not going to get her finger slammed in the door but i'm like watching her like holding like the you know the the edge of the door and she's like kind of testing it to see if it open and close but i'm like imagine if her fingers were still in there when the door slams on her like oh, ah. yeah. <laughs> so she like goes to like test it and then all a sudden the door to slams on her face and she falls back um and then she's like yelling for mrs mills so they come downstairs and she's like i checked the room myself she's like there's no one in there. and mrs mills like there's no one in there and she's like i checked that room myself and she's like i felt like there was something there and then the, i think this is like the switch that you see in grace she starts to actually believe that you know there is something in this house that's not human
3: yeah
0: um and so in this next scene she's she's talking about how like she feels so isolated. Like the, there's like this deep fog that's always surrounding the house. And she feels like she hasn't, she needs to go into town to talk to a priest. And this is the, I also really love this scene because this is a scene where you start getting like suspicions about Mrs. Mills. Cause she goes out and she's like, um, she's telling Miss Mills before she leaves. Cause Miss Mills is trying to like urge her not to leave. She's like, wait until the fog clears up. And she's like, I've waited long enough. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm going into town to, you know, get the priest out here to see if he can bless the house or whatever. So she like goes to leave and she's like, tell Mr. Tuttle that there were graves on the property. Like I want them uncovered to see if, you know, the, if that's what's going on here. And so she goes to leave and um, you see <clears throat> Mrs. Mill standing next to Mr. Tuttle and he's like raking leaves. And she's like, uh, do you think she's figured anything out yet? She's like, I think she's like in due time and. Mm-hmm. And so then you see Mr. Tuttle, like, cover the graves back up with the leaves, and it's like, hmm, that's kind of sketchy. Like, you kind of start to get, like... I like how they, they form, like, these different storylines with all these different characters, and you start to, like, believe, like, what is really going on here? Because it's kind of yeah. sketchy. Um, But I love... <clears throat> I love how, like, this next scene plays out because it almost kind of reminds me of the village in a way. Like, the whole scene when... um She's she's trying to get to like the town and she's being like stalked by like those monsters outside of the village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah what this, see that. that's what this That's what the scene <laughs> Yeah, is a little of, bit. Yeah, the scene is kind of reminiscent to that a little bit, uh, just minus the fog, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I like the way the scene plays out cuz Grace is like walking through the fog and it just keeps getting thicker and thicker and she's like hearing noises around her as if it's like there's people all around her. <clears throat> and then out of the fog, all of a sudden emerges her husband. And I wanted to ask you guys, did you guys know that her husband was spoiler alert for people that are listening to this? Did you know her husband was already dead by this point? Like even the first time you watched this, did you, did you like pick up on that?
1: I mean, you can kind of like assume it's been so long since the war's ended and he hasn't come home. She hasn't heard anything. I mean like the assumptions there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so like he he ends up coming out of the fog and she ends up taking him back and um she tells Miss Mills she's like get you know get some stuff ready for my husband and
1: uh And you can tell that Mrs. Mills is like wary. Like she knows that something's amiss.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like you can tell in her demeanor that she's like something's not right here, but Yeah.
1: Like she's polite, she's like, Oh, it's nice to meet you, blah blah blah. But just the way that she's looking and the way that she's like you said her whole demeanor you can tell that she's very much aware that he's dead
2: yeah yeah. given some of the uh, the wording that grace and charles like use in their interaction i i knew right away that he was probably dead Mm -hmm. um i didn't suspect anything else like about at the ending at this point but i knew that charles was probably dead at this point Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah because he comes back and he's like laying in bed and you can just tell he's you know shell-shocked from coming back from war which is another thing that i just can't imagine like that's a real thing like men that come back from from war are never the same again you know Mm -hmm. after seeing you know the horrific sights of going to war and stuff like what that does to a person like i can't even imagine
2: and then especially after like after they the next morning whenever he just abruptly like leaves again i was like okay like yeah he's dead like yeah
0: oh yeah yeah um and this is like the scene this is like the next scene where um grace is getting um Anne, like in the in the communion dress or whatever she's like getting her in the dress and she's mm-hmm. like wearing the veil and um she's like can i wear it for a little bit longer and she's like i need to go talk to your father so um make sure you take it off when you're done or don't sit on the floor because i don't want it to get dirty mm-hmm. yeah. and what does Anne do she goes and sits right on the floor <laughs> <laughs> But this scene, this scene is terrifying, too. This is another yeah. really fucking effective scene.
2: Very, very creepy bride during this scene.
1: This is the scene that's like ingrained in my mind every time I think about this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like, 100%. Like, I, I remembered nothing about this movie because I mentioned earlier, like I hadn't watched it in years and years and years. And like, I didn't remember anything about the movie except for the twist and this scene.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because uh, uh, Grace goes and talks to Charles and he won't get out of bed and she's like, you need to go, you need to eat something. And like he won't even say anything to her. So she's like crying outside of the room. She's crying outside the bedroom and you can hear, you can hear Anne honey- humming in the background. She's like
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> And she's like, Anne, it's time to take the dress off now. And so she goes in there and Anne's like sitting on the floor and she's like, what did I tell you about sitting on the floor? And she she goes to walk around and you see because Anne's like playing with like this little like puppet thing like on strings like a marionette marionette thing yeah and she's playing with that and then like you see the the hand of what should be Anne and it's like some old wrinkly like old woman hand and it's like oh yeah yeah so fucking creepy and so she goes to like she finishes walking around to face her daughter and then you see like an old woman's face underneath the veil with like Mm -hmm. the, the whited out eyes and it's just so fucking creepy and she's like what did you do with my daughter? And then she's like, "Are you mad? I am your daughter." <laughs> yeah, and just fucking slops her,
2: yeah.
0: starts attacking her. And th- I love this scene, but this scene is also kind of ruined for me after watching Scary Movie Three because they do that scene in Scary <laughs> Movie Three, exact same thing. And she's like, "Are you mad? I am your daughter." And he rips off the the veil and it's michael jackson underneath. yeah
2: yeah. (laughs) oh
0: yeah and
3: he's like oh for god's sake she's a girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck yeah so this scene this scene i find comic comically funny but also terrifying at the same time just because of those two scenes but um yeah she basically starts beating the shit out of her daughter she's like slapping her and like ripping the dress and and then you find out that it is Anne all along, like, Mm. Anne, you know, Anne's, like, leaning up against, like, the mirror, and Miss Mills comes in, and and Anne's, like, she's trying to kill us. She won't stop until she kills us. And uh, she goes out, and, like, that's when you start to realize that, well, I mean, you've already kind of realized this. Brooke kind of brought this up earlier on, but you kind of start to realize that Grace is a little unhinged, but this is, like, the moment where you start to realize that she's really fucking, like yeah (laughs) bat shit crazy (laughs) um and like this is the scene where she gets into an argument with mrs mills i believe right
2: because mrs Uh... mills
0: mrs mills is trying to tell tell her to like take some pills or something and she's like um she says something that really sets grace off and she's like what do you mean by that and like this is when like this the suspicion starts to become like full tilt for grace against Mm -hmm. like these like servants and stuff um and then yeah and then you get the scene with grace talking to charles because he's like ann told me everything and she's like it wasn't her and he's like i'm not talking about that i'm talking about what happened that day i want to know what happened that day Mm -hmm. hinting toward you know something at the end and I really, really love Nicole Kidman's acting in the scene. I wanted, I wanted to bring up, bring that up when we talked about this scene because her acting is so fucking good. For like her portrayal of a grieving wife, like with a husband going to war and leaving them behind, you know, to to deal with everything. Like her acting is so good in this scene because she's asking him, like, why, why he had to leave for a war that had nothing to do with him, with mm-hmm. them. Because he says that he's going back. He needs to go back to the front again. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "No, you're not. The war is over. Like, why? Why did you need to leave anyway? Like, this this had nothing to do with us." And she's like, "You're not leaving again." And they end up like, well, they end up having sex <laughs> at some point, because she because she talks <laughs> about how like, bang, she, <laughs> yeah, well, because she talks about how she's like, it's not just the war, is it? Because she starts to suspect that he doesn't love her anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. The thing I don't get about this scene is like, <clears throat> how does Anne? No, like he says that Anne told him everything, but nobody knows throughout the entire movie what happened. So how has Anne told him, like filled him in on everything?
0: I think the way that I think it is is I think that, um Anne, like she doesn't remember everything. She just remembers like what led up to what happened to them. Like, I don't okay. think she remembers anything after that because you get the seance scene later on where they're both surprised, yeah. like where they're both like, what? yeah and then only the after that that's when they all recollect like what happened to them so i think with Anne, she just remembers bits and pieces of what happened and that's why charles doesn't know what happened either that's why he's asking asking grace okay um because i think grace i think grace is the only one that like fully knows what happened but she thinks it's the dream like she thinks mm-hmm. it was all a dream yeah um but that's that's just the way i see it
1: yeah that makes sense
0: but yeah, so then they end up having, you know, as Mark would say, one last bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and when she wakes up the next morning, he's gone again. Mm-hmm. And this is also the scene. This scene is really intense, too, because it's the scene with the curtains, because you, you get a shot of Anne waking up and all of a sudden you see like daylight and you're like, oh, that's not supposed to be happening.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you realize that there's like their curtains are completely taken off their windows in their mm-hmm. room. And so Anne starts screaming, you know, Grace comes in and she's like fucking trying to like move them through the house and all the curtains in the house are completely gone. Like yeah. somebody took them all down. <clears throat> and like this scene is pretty intense because you're like, oh shit, like, you know, knowing armed with the knowledge of knowing that they're like deathly allergic to the sun. You're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember like, I just remember bits and pieces of this, of this film the first time I watched it and remembering <clears throat> like what my reactions were. And I was like, oh God. Like this was yeah. an intense scene. What and then
2: uh, she oh let's go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna ask you, like what was your cause you said this was the first time you'd seen this movie, Brooke, right?
2: Yeah, like I was kind of wondering what like Mrs. Mills and Lydia and Tuttles what their plan was, like because at this point they kind of just don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like uh Grace asked Mills, like there's no curtains then she like sarcastically calls in Tuttle and he's like hey, Mr. Tuttle did you notice that the curtains are gone and he's just like oh yeah
0: they are gone <laughs> <laughs> so and Grace, like, is, Grace yeah. is like have you all lost your damn minds like what is happening here <laughs> yeah
2: so my thought is like what was their intention like at the beginning of the movie because like at the beginning they go to the house Mm-hmm. And they kind of get like cut off like by Grace. And she's just like, oh, come in. You're the new nannies or whatever. So yeah. like what was their intention like at the beginning? Like
1: the did they movie? just fall did they just fall into that servant role because she said that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question.
0: Maybe, yeah. And I was thinking like maybe, maybe it's just like all part of like them trying to like bring the um realization to the forefront for grace because mm-hmm. she's a really like hard-headed character at the beginning so i think it it for them to come there it, it took a lot of convincing for them to like get her to realize what's actually happening so <clears throat> excuse me so in my in my opinion i kind of think that they were like brought there to serve the purpose of actually like trying to explain to them what's happening here but mm-hmm. like they kind of had to you know, do it in the way that they did it i guess (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how else to explain that but yeah that's a really good point Um, so
2: you guys think it was the the family that's living there now or doing the seances that took all the curtains away
0: yeah i think so yeah Yeah. because that's because that's what Anne says earlier on she's like yeah they say that the house is theirs they're going to take down the curtains as well yeah um so Can you imagine being the family that's living in that house right now and it constantly being dark like that because (laughs) opening (laughs) curtains and they keep getting closed again? (laughs) That'd be fucking annoying. Um, But yeah, this is the scene where Grace basically fires all of them and kicks them out. And uh, so Grace starts like looking around the house for the curtains and you kind of get like two separate like things going on at once because the kids end up sneaking out of the house uh, because they want to go look at the is that they want to go look at the graves i think yeah yeah so so uh so ann and nicholas end up sneaking sneaking out of the house meanwhile you know grace is looking around the house for the curtains and so they end up like going down to like the edge of like the lake that's by the property and i kind of like how these two scenes kind of coincide with each other at the same time because you end up like realizing what the what one of the twists of this film is and that's that uh, Grace ends up going up to the the living quarters where they were living, uh Mrs. Mills and Lydia and all of them were staying, and she mm-hmm. ends up finding, like she's going through their room trying to find the curtains, and she ends up finding like a photograph underneath the bed, like in mm-hmm. like underneath the mattress, and she pulls it out and it's a photo of Lydia, Mr. Tuttle, and Mrs. Mills, and they're all dead. Yeah, so you, yeah. you find out that they've been dead this whole time, and that's the same time that um and ends up like realizing that too because the gravestones that are on the property are of the three um servants that came to the house
3: yeah yeah
0: and i like how the scene plays out because then because then you see them like walking this is like a creepy image because you see them walking up towards them yeah and Anne's like trying to get nicholas to come to her because she realizes what's going on and she's like they're they're dead and nicholas is like but you said that you know ghosts only walk around in sheets and chains and blah 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 and she's like i know what i said can get over here and so like while this whole thing is happening grace realizes that the kids are out so she ends up getting them back inside the house and locking the door and they're all standing outside the Mm -hmm. um the the glass door and they're like Mm -hmm. talking to her and and she ends up telling the children to go hide upstairs and like this is a this whole scene like this whole ending scene is just fucking scary
2: <laughs> yeah like i think you were right of what you said before about the uh, mrs mills and them trying to tell like grace and them what they, is actually happening to them because yeah. like they they were living in the house they'd left and now they came back to the house mm-hmm. and like i don't think they're trying to hurt the kids or anything like that i think they're just trying to say tell them like what happened
0: yeah because you realize in a later scene that the kids are perfectly fine like, yeah. with you know, and so I think that scene was supposed to try to convince them that they were, you know, immune to, you know, the sun. But, like, I like this whole scene because uh, Anne and Nicholas are hiding in the closet and you hear, like, someone whispering outside of the freaking <laughs> closet. It's like, come yeah. here, children. <laughs> oh, It's so creepy. And then the closet door just opens and it's the old lady with, like, the white eyes. Mm-hmm. And you hear like you hear them scream from upstairs and like, that's when um, Mrs. Mills is like, well, the intruders have found them. And she's like, you're going to have to go confront whatever's in that room now. Mm -hmm. And so Grace ends up going up there and this is when you, when she goes in the room and they're all like, you see all these people like sitting around this circle around this chair or around this, around this chair, sitting in a (laughs) circle around this table and the old, the old woman's like, you know, repeating like Anne's like whispering in the old woman's ear and she's like writing stuff out and she's like what happened to you like what happened to you why can't you leave this house and Anne like and like whispers it to her and she's like this is when the whole fucking like this is like the sixth sense twist right here
2: mm-hmm. yeah it really was like it surprised the hell out of me
0: yeah because she's like she's like is that how your mother killed you and that's when Ann's like what <laughs> yeah
2: well and, Anne knew the whole time right because like at the beginning at like the breakfast scene and kept telling nicholas like oh it happened it happened nicholas kept saying no it didn't it didn't
0: yeah yeah but i think i think um i think like i said when i was answering mark's question from earlier i think i don't think they fully realize what exactly all happened i think because she talks about how mom went mad but like she never talks about like what exactly happened so i think mm-hmm. i think their memory honestly stops up to the point like where like right before her mom killed them honestly because right. yeah. like otherwise i just feel like that reaction from Anne wouldn't be warranted if she already knew the whole thing like because she because she like seems really surprised and and she's like we're not dead like they're all like screaming at them like we're not dead and then uh grace starts shaking the table and you get like these shots back and forth where it's just like grace isn't there but the table shaking on its own and you and mm. Grace starts, like, tearing up all the papers, and then you see, like, the papers flying in the air by themselves. It's really cool the way they, yeah, it they is. did this whole scene. And, like, the whole twist is just so fucking shocking, especially... And that's, like, a ballsy move to do a twist like this, especially since this movie only came out, like, two years after The Sixth Sense. Like, for them to pull off another twist like this, which is really similar to that, is just, mm. like, really amazing to me that they yeah. were able to do that.
1: Which twist do you think was done better?
0: this one for sure you think so i think so
2: But you Brooke? i don't know uh like between this and the sixth sense yeah yeah definitely this one because i recently watched the sixth sense like maybe i don't know three months ago yeah. and the first time in like forever and knowing <laughs> the the twist i yeah it was kind of not the same as it was the first time for sure <laughs> yeah definitely
0: but I, I do also like in the sixth sense, not to get too off topic here, but I like, they kind of did this, a similar thing in the others that they did in the sixth sense where they give you subtle like hints that he's dead or like that he's dead all along, you know, like with the whole dinner scene where he's talking to Anna and yeah. he's trying to, you know, he's trying to talk to her. And you know, when you watch it the first time, you think she's just ignoring him because she's angry with him for missing their anniversary. And so she goes up to walk off and I love the way they do that in that in the sixth sense, but I also love how they did it in this film as well. Um, mm-hmm. So they, I'm, I'm just really impressed with the fact that they were able to manage to pull off a twist like this <laughs> so early on, right after a movie with this similar ending just recently came out, not too long before that. Um, but I think it's, I think it's so fucking effective. And then, yeah. this is another scene after that whole thing happens. They're kind of the people around the table are kind of talking, and she's like, "I want to move out of this house." Like the the woman is like, "I want to move out of this house," and the dad is like all right, we'll move out tomorrow or whatever. Cause she's like, yeah. cause she's like, he's not sleep. I forget what the boy's name is. Victor. Victor. Victor yeah. She's like, Victor's terrified. Like he doesn't want to live here anymore. Like I don't want to live here anymore. These ghosts obviously don't want us here. So she's like, I want to leave. And so um, that's when you find out that they're going to pack their shit and move. And then I love, this is another scene that I love. This is like a testament to Nicole Kidman's acting because this is like a really long, like, one shot monologue where she's explaining like what happened that day. And she's talking about how, like, you know, she smothered them with the pillows and then she ended up putting the shotgun in her mouth and blowing her head off, basically.
2: Mm. And
0: then she woke up and realized she thought, she thought it was a dream because she could hear them laughing in the next room. And she thought that like God had given her a second chance and all this stuff like that. And my question to you guys is do you think they're in limbo? Like, do you think this house is their personal limbo? Because they talk, they talk about throughout the entire movie, they talk about like limbo this and, you know, being, you know, stuck in this place. And I, I personally feel like that's their limbo.
2: I think that they were definitely in limbo because at one point in the movie, Grace says when we moved in, there was a, this piano was in the house already. Yeah. And Victor's dad is a pianist. So this family lived there for, you know, a couple of years. So I think yeah. that Grace and then died. This family moved in and then two years later or whatever, they're out of limbo, became ghosts. They came into this house and that's when she's like, well, oh, this piano was here when we moved in, you know? So she thinks that they just mm. moved into this house.
0: Oh yeah. Oh wow. That's a good, that's a good revelation. Very, very, very good. I never even thought about that, so. yeah Yeah. me either very interesting but yeah so basically um the movie ends with you know them you know living together in the house forever basically because they end up living letting the servants back in and you know um i guess they all live happily ever after in this house i guess i don't know because the kids are like able to play freely throughout the house because they're not affected by the sun anymore and they Mm -hmm. you know and then you get that shot of them like standing by the window and grace is like this is our house and blah blah blada, and then you see like the car, um, with all of them like leaving. Yeah, you yeah.
2: see like the dad. I think Victor. You see Victor, you know, for the first time, and the son's like, "Come on,
0: Victor, we're leaving," and then they leave, and yeah. that's the way the movie ends, basically.
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna drop our line as you see me
0: too, <laughs> <laughs> No, I would never. I'll let Brooks
2: say that. But do you think that? After this, like, do you think that uh, not Grace uh, and and what's the kid's name Nicholas uh, Nicholas? Do you think they would see their mother like like treat her the same as they did before? <sighs> because they know that they Good. know for sure now that she yeah. killed them.
0: Good question. So. Well, I mean, it seems like they're okay with her. I don't. Yeah, know. That's yeah, that's what it seems. But it'd be interesting to you know find out if you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know i i really i really really love this movie so much like i think this is like and i don't like in this day and age i don't feel like very many people talk about this movie anymore
2: no definitely not
0: definitely not like i feel like this is one of those underrated films that not very many people uh, maybe in this day and age haven't heard about or you know just don't talk about like i just feel like this movie deserves so much more recognition than it gets yeah. it doesn't
1: have that like cult following that a lot of horror films have no
0: but it yeah but it's i mean it's it stood the test of time for me for being one of my favorite horror films of all time so i i love it i think i might even like this movie better than the sixth sense honestly that's just me <laughs>
1: uh-huh, i mean yeah it's up there mean? it's up there definitely yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm I'm really glad that like I that we got to do this movie because this was your first watch, Brooke, and this was only your second watch, Mark. So
1: second or third, yeah. Second
0: or third, yeah. So you guys, neither one of you guys, had seen this movie since it came out. So it's kind of cool that you guys got to experience this film.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, did you guys have like any ending thoughts on this movie? Anything else you wanted to bring up before we get into the other stuff? Um,
2: why do you think that uh, Charles came back and then left again if he was a ghost? Like, do you think he just came back to Grace and his kids just to kind of give one final goodbye before he left back to be wherever he was, I guess?
1: That was kind of a question that I had too. Like, where's he currently wandering?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I wonder if um, he's also in i wonder if he's also in his own personal like hell or limbo because they have that conversation earlier on in the film where she's talking to Anne and she's like um it depends on what side dad's on is he on the goodies or the baddies and they're talking yeah. about like how he's on the goodies so obviously he's not gonna you know go to hell for you know killing people or whatever but i wonder if i wonder if If he, you know, I think I agree with what you said, Brooke, I think he came back for one final goodbye, but I also think he came back to kind of, um, I don't know, because it's like, he comes back right at the perfect times when Grace is trying to leave. So I wonder if that was like a a way of keeping Grace from realizing Mm -hmm. the truth too early on. Yeah. But I wonder why Charles would want to do that. But maybe Charles doesn't realize he's dead either. I think that might be what it is i think charles probably doesn't realize he's dead Mm -hmm. and you know along with them they along with the other characters they don't realize they're dead so maybe he doesn't either and maybe he just thought he was coming home like maybe maybe he's like stuck in like his own little like time loop type of thing where he thinks he's coming home right after the war because what he says to grace about how he needs to go back out to fight on the front lines again it's almost as if he thinks that he's still like in this like time period where the war was still going on so like I feel like he's in a separate like kind of almost a, his own separate realm in a sense like where time kind of stops and it doesn't like with grace like it doesn't keep going but he doesn't notice that sorry that was really long winded but I'm trying to explain, like, <laughs> no, it's trying to explain to what's going on in yeah. my what I'm thinking in mind but did that come across cohesive at all <laughs> that's why we're doing this podcast right (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah but that no that's a very interesting question i i honestly think it was probably just to say his goodbyes and also Mm -hmm. kind of a way for grace to not realize what's actually happening
2: and he didn't really have that much interaction with his kids either when he came back
0: yeah because you get that one scene where he goes into their rooms and um he like talks to them for a minute, but like, other than that, you don't get another scene of him with his kids. I mean, he talks to Anne, like Anne goes and talks to him about like the whole like dress fiasco, but yeah. you don't get any other scenes where he's interacting like face to face with his children. So I think that's kind of, I don't know, kind of odd, <laughs> but yeah. What do what do you guys think? What What are your overall thoughts of this film before we wrap it up? Uh, or, I I, guys, or I guess you guys, I guess you guys might want to wait until your ratings and reviews. Yeah, turn. yeah, wait for yeah, our yeah.
2: ratings. But definitely my first watch of this, I really enjoyed it. Cuckoo, <clears throat> what about
0: you, Mark? Uh
1: yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but I was very young, so I didn't fully understand the whole like the. Like, I understood the twist and all that shit, obviously, but I didn't, like, I just saw it as a boring movie. Because back then, like, horror movies to me, like, I needed killing, I needed blood, I needed gore, I needed Freddy Krueger coming through a wall. Like, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't appreciate these slow burn horror movies that I do now. And, I mean, broken josh know full well that i i really enjoy slow burn movies if they deliver at the end and this one definitely delivers
0: yeah and i think i think uh um i had just reached the right age when i saw this movie because i loved this movie the first time i saw it, but i don't think i would have loved it if i would have watched it like two years before yeah like, um because i remember specifically i remember the first time i ever watched halloween and people's people's jaws are probably gonna drop your guys guys's are going to probably be surprised when I say this. I did not like Halloween the first time I watched it. I watched it with my dad. My dad showed it to me the first time and he asked me at the end what I thought about it. And I was like, "It's kind of boring. But I was like, yeah. young. I was like still pretty young when I watched it. And I I was like you, Mark, I like Halloween is a slow burn type of movie. Not a lot yeah. happens. There's not a lot of blood. Um, and I found Halloween very boring the first time I watched it. I did not like it at all. And then only later on in life did I appreciate it for what it is now. So (laughs) I can totally understand that. And this movie probably isn't for everybody because it is very slow burn. It not a lot um, happens. Like you get your scares and stuff, but they're very scattered throughout the film. Like you don't get scare after scare after scare. So it's, it's a lot of exposition and a lot of character building and a lot of, you know, um, subtle tension that really cranks up towards the final act of this film that I don't feel like a lot of people, some people will appreciate. Yeah. So But it is a very good movie. I'm glad you guys like it. All right. Well, are you guys ready to uh, get into your reviews? Let's do it. Sure am. All right. So which one wants to go first? So whoever goes first, you know, story rating, quality rating. um, And then we'll get into the least favorite scene, favorite scene, and then whether we agree with the IMDb score. So which one of you would like to go first? i don't care i'll go first i guess all right brooke hit us with your story rating
2: so my story rating i gave a 7 out of 10 i thought it was a great natural supernatural story that stands out from the others of its kind (laughs) Uh, the touch on dealing with losing a loved one to war i thought was done really well in this movie Um, The twist at the end was obviously great. A few things I figured out before, some reveals. And then there was just just a few plot holes, which we kind of talked about during our discussion. So 7 out of 10 for story. And do we do my quality?
0: Yeah. Sure.
2: So quality, I gave a 8 out of 10. Um, Not many horror movies that take place in this time period. I thought it was really well done. The acting was phenomenal from everyone, the kids, Grace. The score is really awesome and there are some good creepy scenes and scares.
0: Very, very nice. Yeah. Solid. What about so, you, Mark?
1: Uh, my story, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I said it was a really cool and different take on a like, ghost story genre. I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but I did know about the twist. I just couldn't remember exactly how it ended. Uh, I found the movie to be perfectly balanced with drama and creepiness without using any jump scares or, like, super, like, scary scenes. Um, the pacing is done fairly well, but at some points it does feel a little long and overdone. Uh, there are a few plot holes, as Brooks said, and we've mentioned throughout. Uh, one of the glaring ones for me was that the children were able to see themselves in the mirrors. Oh, yeah. like
2: I kind, kind of... of a, yeah, sorry to cut you off. I kind of thought of that during the scene whenever Grace is like taking the, the the sheets down. Yeah. Like whenever she took it down, you see herself in the mirror. I was like, eh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, that was one of the things that I found a little bit weird and like maybe not well thought out, but at the same time, it it kind of needs to be there to keep the twist a secret until the very end. Um, with this not being my first time viewing, I can't tell if the clues throughout the film were glaringly obvious or not, but a lot of them I felt were pretty in your face. Um, so, Brooke, I don't know if you want to chime into that. Like once you learn the twist, were you did you backtrack and be like, oh shit, yeah, okay, this makes sense and this makes sense?
2: And- no, like there was a couple scenes in the movie that I kind of thought were weird where I kind of thought that it may not be what I think it is. Mm -hmm. But overall, I I thought the twist was really done really well.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And my quality, I gave a 9 out of 10. I said the acting in this movie is absolutely incredible by everybody. I've never been a huge fan of Nicole Kidman, but I personally feel like this could be one of, if not her best performance. Uh, The house alone is a creepy old setting, but when it's mixed with the closed curtains, the foggy weather, and the candlelit lighting, it really ramps it up. The cinematography is beautiful and the score really adds to the creepy tone.
0: Very well said, Mark. Nice. Um, For my story rating, I gave it an eight out of 10 as well. Um, I think that for a ghost story that had been done, you know, before like with the haunted house setting, I feel like this uh, film really took a different approach to it. Um, I really like all like the the themes of this film, um, as Brooke said, like the grief of losing a loved one and what that does to somebody and yeah. how that affects their actions going forward. Um, I also really like the way that they incorporate um, like candlelight and the fog and you know, this this lack of of daylight to kind of really ramp up the, the, not only for the characters in the film, but for the audience and kind of ramps up like the the tension building and the you know the the scares are way more effective and with with this kind of you know theme that's going throughout the film with lack of daylight. And I really like how they how they even lit some of the scenes in the film with candlelight. Um, I thought that was really cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, as as I said before, it doesn't get a perfect rating just because of all the you know plot holes that we discussed earlier. Um, there are a couple of things that kind of, I feel like could have been done better. Um, but overall, I think the pacing of this film is really well done. The, you know, the, the story itself for, as I said before, for the fact that the sixth sense, you know, just came out two years before this film came out, the fact that they were able to kind of redo a twist similar to that film and do it really well, if not better is really impressive to me. And so that's, that's, um, where a lot of my rating for this film goes for the story is that twist at the end. It's really effective. Yeah. Um, as far as quality goes, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Actually I gave it a perfect God. 10. Damn.
2: nice. Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like this movie is so beautiful. Like even the first shot of this film is just absolutely gorgeous. That first shot that you get that takes you right into the right into this estate. You know, you get that beautiful shot at the beginning of the, the, full grounds in the estate and um going forward like this film just delivers on so many amazing beautiful shots and as i said before in my story rating, i really like the way they use the use of candlelight and um the use of darkness to their advantage to really come up with some cool stuff um the acting is fucking amazing. I I agree with you Mark. I think this is probably Nicole Kidman's best performance that I've ever mm-hmm. seen her in. Um I am a Nicole Kidman fan though. So <laughs> um <laughs> I really enjoy her in this movie and I enjoy her in a lot of other stuff that I've seen. Um but I think this is her definitely her breakout performance for sure. Um the kids everybody did so amazing specifically the two child actors which as we discussed yeah. before as well, I'm super shocked they haven't been in a whole lot since this film because they're so amazing in this movie yeah um and just everything that everything that they did with with this film and uh the quality yeah 10 out of 10 for me it's perfect perfect movie for me quality wise so nice uh
2: do you guys know if they filmed this on a set or was it at an actual real location
0: i believe they filmed at an actual location but i'm not completely certain on that
1: i have zero idea I'll have to
0: go I'll have to go double check that I didn't I don't remember seeing anything um, in the trivia or anything like that when I was like you know getting the facts on this movie I don't remember seeing that anywhere but I can't imagine that they have difficulty like filming inside this huge ass mansion so yeah yeah Yeah. because normally when people don't film on location it's because it's hard for them to like move the camera around or it's hard for them to like do like cutaway scenes or anything like that. But I don't feel like any of that was an issue for this film because it was so like, you know, huge, like they had so much room to do stuff. So I feel, I personally feel like they probably did shoot it on location for the most part. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah. So Brooke, would you like to tell us your favorite scene and your least favorite scene?
2: <clears throat> sure. So my favorite scene was the reveal whenever Grace sees the photo of the three dead uh helpers like Lydia, Tully, and Mrs. Mills. It just you kind of get that like drop in your heart, like, oh shit, the kids are outside with them. Yeah. Are they in trouble? And then you realize, oh, they're also dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that scene was really well done. Um, with them her finding the uh, the picture of them dead. And then my least favorite scene, it's not a scene it's more to do with the keys that grace has mm-hmm. like i just find that whole thing just useless like she has like 30 keys there's like how many ever rooms in this house it's like how are you going to know what key is for what and also see <laughs> which key is which because it's pitch black in this house and I, don't know, I just felt the whole key thing was kind of not needed <laughs>
0: I can agree with that. I think, you know, because I feel like back in the day, they, they had skeleton keys. So why doesn't she just have one key that unlocks every door? Cause doesn't she just give Lydia or doesn't she give Mrs. Mills a key? She just gives her one key. So it's like, why doesn't she have one key? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
2: <that's> <laughs> <laughs> and actually you've been that was, was Kidman in skeleton key or was that someone else that looks uh, that's like Kate her. Hudson. Oh, Kate Hudson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are my, my favorite scene and least favorite scene
0: very nice and you mark uh
1: my favorite scene was the like big reveal at the end just that whole scene with the medium and the seance and whatnot michael you touched on it earlier it's just like a really cool like there's like a transferring between not being able to see the ghosts and then being able to see them and just like the transition of scenes where like the papers flying up in the air and the table shaking and like we go back and forth from not being able to see them to seeing them. I just feel like it was really well done. Not to mention it's like one of the biggest twists in a horror movie ever. And my least favorite scene is when Charles returns. I feel like it was just like a 15 minute subplot that didn't really need to be in the movie. I just, I don't know. Like we we as viewers could have established that he was already dead. We didn't need to see him come back. And I I can't remember exactly how long this movie is, but I feel like like what I mentioned in my reviews is that some parts were like long and drawn out. Taking this whole like fifteen minute section out probably would have eliminated that feeling for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's I think it's like almost two hours long, just under two hours, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Um for me, since you guys both said like the twists at the end, I'll go with a different scene. Um, <laughs> I really, really enjoy like the um, the scene where she goes into the room when the uh, when Anne is wearing the dress and the veil, and that yeah. whole, that whole scene is so terrifying to me. Like just the the mm-hmm. way the way it's filmed, the the way it plays out, it's just so terrifying. So that's probably my favorite scene. My least favorite scene, I'd have to, and it pains me to say this because. I'd have to say the same thing as you Mark. I think the I think the scene with Charles is is a little drawn out, but what I will say is I I do kind of believe that that scene was necessary because it kind of further I guess just explains like um Grace's grief and stuff like that because I really mm-hmm. really do enjoy that scene when she's arguing with Charles and saying like why did you have to leave us like for a war yeah. that didn't even, you know, didn't even affect us at all. Like I really like that scene. Um, But I do agree. I think it goes on for a little bit longer than it should. Um, Especially since he's not even like that important of a character. He's like in and out like that. Like he's not even at all. Um,
1: Not to cut you off. Sorry. Um, But before I forget, like how you said, like she has that argument with him about how, like, why did he go off to fight a war that didn't have anything to do with them in my mind? Like she could have had that discussion with herself while she was holding that picture of him crying
0: yeah okay yeah okay yeah that makes sense
1: like she could be like talking to him but like just holding the picture and kind of like talking to herself
0: that could have been that could have been cool but i also see why they had the charles scene because i think that was the scene to to kind of i think when they were probably writing this film they're like okay so like she's obviously gonna you know become suspicious and she's wanting she's gonna want to come into town at some point so we got to figure out a, a way for her not to you know Make to kind it. of make it or not suspect anything. So we got to, you know, I think he was kind of a necessary thing that they kind of added in there, which I think they could have maybe done it a little bit better. Um, but I don't know. I I have a love hate relationship with the, with the Charles scene because <laughs> yeah. I feel like as, as it is necessary for the film, I think it also could have been a little less drawn out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably my least favorite scene as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Brooke, do you agree with the IMDb rating? Uh, it's a 7.6 out of 10. Do you agree with it? Or do you think it should be lower or higher than it is?
2: Well, from where I put my rating for this, it's pretty much smack dab where I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it could be, I don't know because IMDb is weird because like there's good movies that are like a like six or like a six point five that are really good. Yeah. So I think a seven point six is good. I think this movie could maybe be like I don't know, not much higher, like a seven point eight or an 8.0, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nice.
3: So
2: I, I I'd say I'd agree with this this score.
1: What about you, Mark? That's pretty much exactly what I said. Like a seven point five to an eight, I feel like is a pretty fair score especially with IMDb because they're so hard at like grading these films. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I can agree with the 7.6.
0: Very nice. Uh, yeah, I think I can agree with the 7.6 as well. I think if it, if it would be any higher, I would go to like an 8.0. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: Like, uh, yeah,
2: I wouldn't go higher than that for sure. Oh,
0: definitely not. Um, but yeah, I think with all of our scores on average, I think we all kind of average out at a 7.6 and 8.0. So, I think right where it is is good enough for me. So,
1: Like for a horror movie to get a 7.6 on IMDb, that's a pretty good accomplishment.
0: It's an amazing feat for sure.
1: Fuck the Oscars, just (laughs) give me higher than a (laughs) 7.
0: That's all the validation I need.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, but thank you guys for you know, participating in that part. So before we get out of here, do you guys want to uh, plug in your podcast one last time for the listeners?
1: Sure. So we are Mark and Brooke from a podcast on Elm Street. We are a weekly podcast where we sit down and discuss a different horror movie each week. Lately, we've been doing trivia somewhat like this at the end of our episodes to determine who gets to pick the next movie um we do that every once in a while sometimes we take it to a poll on instagram just depending on how our moods are or depending on how the movie is for trivia wise because some movies are just like shit for trivia um But yeah, we have links in our bio on Instagram, which is at a podcast on Elm Street. Uh, We have merch and a Patreon account and a Discord account and a Twitch streaming account. Um, All of which we're trying to be a little bit more active on, but we say that all the time and it rarely ever happens, but check us out, listen to us, shoot us a DM if you want to do a collaborative thing. We're always open to have guests on and we're always open to be guests as well.
0: Mm-hmm. yep obviously they're open to be guests because uh they're on my podcast almost <laughs> almost uh weekly so
1: i was gonna say it's hard for us to find time to be guests on other podcasts because one or both of us
0: is always on here but... <laughs> hey nothing wrong yeah, with that. usually mark but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey brooke you got an episode coming up don't worry
2: i know i know i didn't even know that what episode you'll have to listen to find out no,
0: you'll have to Holy find out
1: cow you guys don't tell me anything
0: well in our defense you don't tell brooke anything either from what brooke tells me
1: <laughs> brooke just forgets that i tell him stuff
0: you want to talk about who forgets uh, we okay, don't want to get okay, into that conversation yeah, right now we're not gonna go down that <laughs> road.
1: there's been so many times where brooke's like you never told me that i'm like oh really because there's a search function on facebook messenger
2: that's true <laughs> And I I prove your
1: ass wrong.
2: All right. Well, let's (laughs) just say that we're both as
0: forgetful as the other. Fair enough. I will agree to that. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I also want to take a minute to uh, just you know, kind of gush about your guys' podcast real quick before we get out of here. I really love and appreciate you both. Um, As I said before, you guys have been my supporters from the very beginning. Um, And you guys both just became members of my Patreon. So thank you guys so fucking much for that. I really, really appreciate your love and support. So...
1: You're very welcome.
0: Not only that, but Brooke also bought a t-shirt. He actually bought it like, cause um, yeah, without me i've been having to ask him it's so nice of you brooke thank you
2: oh you're welcome
0: <laughs> you
2: know, i'm super excited to get it and uh once i get it i will obviously post a picture of me modeling it Ooh. and we'll post just it on shirt. our page yeah just, just the, the shirt
0: just the shirt no pants though <laughs> mark That'll i'm in the private
2: dms there michael Ooh,
0: okay perfect yeah <laughs> uh mark i expect the same from you as well so do yeah Um, But uh, yeah, thank you guys again for becoming patrons. Uh, I also want to give a special thank you to all the other people that have joined my Patreon. So Anthony Silva from Porcelain Peak, Jessica Wirth from the Horror Movie Crew podcast, Heather Silman from Wednesday Wine and Horror, Tawny Ray from two chicks and a horror flick and last and but not least josh bowers from the horror movie crew podcast thank you guys all for becoming patrons i really appreciate your love and support and i appreciate the hell out of you guys so thank you again for coming on the episode thank you man
1: thanks for having us
0: <laughs> that wasn't a good that wasn't a good bye yet i was waiting. <laughs> bye
1: thanks uh, for having us
0: of course it's always a good time when i have you guys on so
2: yeah we love coming on
0: so good. Cause you guys are going to be on next week too. <laughs> you guys are, uh, you guys are going to be opening up season two for me as well. So very exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, um, quick um, shout out to the general public for, you know, supporting the podcast, listening to it every week. Um, I just reached recently reached 2000 followers on Instagram. So that's really exciting. And uh, season two is coming up very, very soon. So guys look out for that very exciting new stuff coming. Um, again, special thanks to Mark for, uh, doing the trivia stuff for me because we've got a, a new trivia setup that we're going to be doing for the later episodes for season two. So thank you, Mark, for doing that for me.
1: No problem. It's my first crack at voice acting. So tell all your listeners to take it easy on me.
0: (laughs) Hey, you did great. Did you, did you listen to it, Brooke?
2: This is the first time I'm hearing of this. So,
0: oh, you got to listen to it. It's really good. Send it to him, Mark. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll wait for him to hear it on the episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right well we're gonna get out of here so thank you guys for coming on again appreciate you both and uh we'll see you guys next time bye all right see see you later